0: Once upon a time, Gotham City was a cesspool of crime and corruption where gangsters and madmen ran afoul of the law and decent people lived in fear. That is, until a force for justice appeared in the leather-winged guise of Batman. Eventually he saw the need for a partner in crime fighting, a squire, who would help him in his caped crusade. Thus was born Robin. Together they served as an ever-vigilant reminder to the Gotham underworld that no criminal was safe as long as the dynamic duo was on the job. No taunting, Robin.
1: You know how you're so good, you
0: just know what you got. Oh, Lord, you've been stealing from the people, and you got a car. I
2: want a car. Chicks dig the car. This is why Superman works so well.
1: Listen, dipstick, Batman's my pal. He can be a major jerk, but you gotta love him. And nobody tries to fillet him when I'm around.
3: Not only this, what's green and purple, but covered in red
1: and yellow. You when I land on your sorry butt.
0: Batman's real old, like about 50, and second, Robin's a girl.
4: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Specials, and today we are bringing you a very special special, but before we get into actually what we're going to be talking about, uh, let me introduce who is here. So, with me today is...
5: This is Donovan This is Stella This is Jay This is John
6: This is Ed
4: And joining us for the first time is the newest addition to the Batman Universe Tom Peronese, who is uh, in charge of the Batman Universe taking flight Welcome, Tom Hey, how are you doing? Alright, so without further ado, Don is actually going to be leading this special And I'll let him tell you exactly what this special is all about
5: Yes. Well, seeing as how we're the Batman universe, we're split up into many different shows and podcasts and concentrations. But uh, every so often, we want to have a chance to really explore certain aspects of the Batman universe. And one aspect, one particular aspect that has been uh, in the character's mythology pretty much since the beginning, although technically uh, a year into the history, since 1940, has been Batman's one and only sidekick, Robin. So I thought we would take this time out to, uh, focus on Robin, uh, or the several Robins that have, that have existed throughout the years, talk about our opinions on all the different Robins, talk about our likes, our dislikes, and generally our, our overall main, uh, opinions on how Robin works as a concept in the Batman universe. So before we get into the specifics and the specific characters, I do want to kind of start off this, uh, this special with a question for the general panel, because, uh, a consistent sort of debate amongst Batman fans and comic fans in general is a sort of place that Robin has in Batman's history. So I'm interested to hear what the panel has to think on that. Most people think of Robin as a very, um, very anathema toward the, the idea of Batman, whereas Batman is sort of grim and dark. Robin is a youngster putting himself in danger in a bright yellow and red costume. Uh, most people think that his his presence in batman sort of detriments it and kind of gives it a weird uh... unwanted angle and most people really don't like the idea of robin and kind of like robin as a uh... as sort of you know an alternate sort of take on it and most prefer batman as a uh... as a loner but conversely people do argue that because of robin's place in the history people like uh... people like you know tradition they sort of like the dynamic he has with batman uh... there are some stories out there like a lonely place of dying which i out argue uh, Rob, for Robin's place in the history and think that Robin serves as a necessary tool to the uh, the Batman history. So I was wondering uh, what you guys thought about that generally before we got into these separate characters. What's your take on Robin? Do you prefer his place in the mythology? Do you, would you prefer that he never existed at all? Um, just what do, what do you guys think about Robin in general?
4: Well, I think that Robin is a character that. Um, Well, two two things. When when Robin first was, when I first was introduced to Robin in general, it was Tim Drake. um, But I knew that there was the Robin of Dick Grayson uh, in the comics prior to that. But when I first learned what Robin was, um, and who he was and things like that, my first immediate thought was Batman was getting older, and he needed a decoy to take the gunfire (laughs) away from him. I mean, On a serious note, no, I'm just kidding there, but uh, realistically, the colors never really made a lot of sense when Tim Drake was introduced and it was more black and red and not the bright yellow and green and red that uh, Dick Grayson originally had as Robin. It it made more sense, uh, especially with them lurking in the shadows and things like that. Not that red is not that noticeable in the shadows, but nonetheless. um, I think that Batman in general, I think Batman does need a Robin. Um, Tim Drake pointed out to Dick Grayson um, after Jason Todd died how important it was for Batman to have a Robin because Robin grounds Batman. That's, That's why Robin to me is important to Batman is because Batman would get lost in the darkness that he ultimately is if it wasn't for someone to not necessarily keep him on the lighter side of things like you know, cracking jokes, holy this, holy that, like we saw in the 60s TV show, but more on the lines of someone to keep him to understand that, you know, he's not the only one in the world that, you know, wants to bring people to justice, but at the same point, wants, you know, he has to have something to care about at the same point. Him being nothing but the dark, brooding creature whose parents died doesn't necessarily make the character all that interesting and to begin with. We have characters in the DC universe who are straight dark and straight... Um, you know, they have absolutely no humanity towards them. I believe that Robin really brings the humanity towards Batman.
3: I, I definitely... You know, <laughs> when Robin first came out, it was always about, you know, we have this dark character, and so let's bring this nice bundle of joy and light and color into play, and... Let's see how they do together. And, you know, some people I think accepted him right away and some people thought that it was forced upon them. But I've always, I've always really enjoyed reading Batman alongside Robin because I think that Robin, just in general, Robin is someone who makes Batman who he is and helps Batman grow as a person because I think Batman without Robin is just sort of this, this person, this ideal, and he's barely a person, I think, uh, because he just goes further and further into the cowl and into the mission and everything, and I think Robin is, is that thing, that image that is able to humanize him, um, because, you know, Batman always has his interaction with Alfred. But it's not the same relationship that they had when he was an eight-year-old child. Uh, So, you know, without Robin, I think Batman would, (laughs) he would not be a likable character. And and I think he would really go over the edge and, and probably have some sort of psychotic break. So no matter who Robin is, I think it's really that part of Batman's life that keeps him connected to the real world in whatever way and and gives him that heart because, you know, just like the Grinch you know, and the Grinch had a heart that was two sizes too small. I think that without Robin... Three sizes, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I think without (laughs) Robin... He w- well, see, I thought...
2: She's right. She's right. It was two sizes too small. It grew three plum- sizes. Ah. Plum- plum-
3: <laughs> so, see, I think without him, it would be a, the smaller one. But with him, uh, even though he's had some issues and everything, he always does what's in the <coughs> interest of that that's So that's my thought.
2: Well, considering I'm the one who does the Robin podcast, I'm probably going to have a pretty positive view of the character. Um, I, I hope I so. Agree- yeah. <laughs> Um no it 's all an act of irony no um no i I agree I pretty much agree with everything you guys have said and i'm trying to think of something to add to this um you know i've never known rarely known Batman without Robin from the time I was a little kid and I was first exposed to the characters on you know the super Friends and scooby doo you know it was Batman and robin um and and i'm other than parrot what it's already been said i i was uh, something i've pointed out uh I think in a maybe one of one of my episodes was that uh, when Tim Drake came along, and that was right around the time that I actually started reading comics on a regular basis, there was something that I think a reader of my age—I was thirteen at the time—could also identify with in the character of Robin, um, at least as as they made the character a little more sophisticated than kind of the the type of character he was in some of the like say the fifties and the early sixties books. So um when you have an audience that young, it is kind of nice to have a character uh of that type who you can see the, you know it's almost like a wish fulfillment thing because you're 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 a kid who or at least as a boy who likes to, you know, who has a sense of adventure and here's a character who kind of fulfills that sense of adventure. Uh kind of in the same way I always love movies like The Goonies because it's just there there is that sort of Fantasy involved in this, you know, is you know because it's because it's a comic book character, you know, as, as much as, as as serious we as we take them, and as as much as um, we like to look at the you know real the real literary and story values of things like this, it's we also we also kind of subscribe to the idea that this is this is a really great fantasy that we all you know love and enjoy reading and and stuff, and uh, especially as the characters evolved over time, I think that we've um, at least I've still enjoyed the fact that you know you had you've had this character that that the audience can identify with especially one who is more insecure and more um kind of still always constantly learning whereas batman uh at least during certain points of his depending on who the writer is sometimes seems omnipotent Mm-hmm. And and without error, you know, and, and seems to have the solution to every problem. Robin, it's okay for Robin to screw up sometimes too. So there's, those are some of the things that I, I think he brings it, brings to it. And uh, but I think you're I think you're also right that he grounds Batman. And um, I think it was, I was reading an interview with, I want to say it was Chuck Dixon who basically said that without Robin, Batman essentially becomes the Punisher. And. That was what I was thinking as you guys were just talking about that, that that interview that I read and um, in, in researching for, for something recently. So, but yeah, it's obviously one of my favorite
6: characters of all time. So, Okay, before I go, I'd like to say Stella and Tom, sorry, you were right. It was two sizes too small. But <laughs> I was getting confused because at the end it grows three sizes that day. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I was thinking of. So apologies. I
2: have, uh, like I have a five-year-old son. I think I've read that book more times than I can count in the last few
5: years. Continuity is always an issue on this show.
6: <laughs> okay, moving on to the subject at hand. Um, I think when I think of Batman, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of people, you think of Batman and then almost instantly Batman and Robin, are kind of synonymous. So the traditionalist part of me definitely thinks of them together. And from doing research for this podcast and and just reading you know that batman depends on a robin and needs a robin so i i definitely like the character and although there are some stories when i think you know batman needs to be on his own there i definitely love the stories when robin is included and they work together so i look forward to those stories
1: i i agree pretty much with what tom said you know he's an excellent plot point for young readers to get involved and I think it, it's interesting that pretty much most Batman fans could probably trace their involvement in Batman through Robin and the identification with him um, certainly I, I had that with with Tim Drake um, but I don't think he's entirely necessary for Batman I think actually a lot of the time batman's better stories are just him on his own and i i would say that for for all the other characters as well i think he he needs them around and having a robin gives the stories a, a different edge and a lighter edge and that you, it is something different but i don't think he's he's essential for me in in telling a great story or or even being there some of the time.
5: Okay. So you're you're sort of like he's welcome but he's not essential.
1: Yes, pretty much. Uh, I I don't hold anything against them or against a, a Robin or you know, I'm not a fan who's going to go no there should never be a Robin. I hate Robins. Death to Robins. <laughs> But at the, I see. I see. At, but at the same time, you know, if if he doesn't appear for, or as we have in the current continuity where he's dead, don't you know? Spoilers. And he's not. We're not going to get another Robin for two, three years. I'm not going to be cut up and demanding that he has a Robin. Okay. I I, I agree
7: with what everyone said as far as. Robin providing a lighter influence, so I won't go really into that uh, too much. But I think that Robin's always provided a point of view. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. things from Bruce's point of view or even Alfred's point of view, you get the the more normal point of view out of Robin. Um, So I would say that's probably where he's added the most to me. And I think that over time, this may sound strange, but I think he's gotten less important over time. As the Bat family has extended, and now Batman has an extended family with everyone else that's out there. He no longer has this singular character in Robin, who's his only sidekick, his only ally, the only person he can talk to. So I think the characters become less important over time, but he's still very important.
5: That's an interesting point. Um it's interesting because a lot of the characters that have extended the Bat Family are former Robins. So um that's an interesting kind of thing to deliberate That's actually an interesting way to look at it. Uh I think everybody here uh touched on a lot of reasons why people like robin or enjoy robin in the, in the overall narrative it's interesting to me because uh in terms of looking at the character's motivations on the face of it robin doesn't make a lot of sense but at the same time so many things in the batman history doesn't really make sense so it kind of r- rolls off my back um personally for me i i've always enjoyed the character when i was younger every time i read a batman story i watched a batman show and robin was there i was always immediately paying attention even if th- what i was looking at wasn't very good um I have younger brothers so it was a lot easier to enjoy Batman and Robin when you have somebody to sort of play off with and sort of embody that with. Um, and I think that the characters always kind of stick stuck with me personally. Um, I was, when I was younger I was more familiar with Dick Grayson because I was watching the 60's show reruns and watching the anime series where Dick Grayson was the main Robin there. It wasn't until I was a little older, like, like uh, close to double digits where I was aware of Tim Drake. Um, you know, uh, inconsistently reading the comic books. And I've I always enjoyed Tim Drake. I, uh, I'll get more into Tim Drake later on. But um, just basically, I've always, I've always never been against the idea of Robin. I was more open to solo stories with Batman as I, as I got older. Because Batman on his own is automatically more of a more serious story. Or at least more of a more focused personal story. But Robin, I think, overall adds to things that were, I'm not sure you would get without the character. Even with Alfred. Um, There's a really fantastic blog out there called Oz and Ends, which talks a lot about the history of the Robin characters and and the Robin uh, uh, people who who were in the Robin mantle. And um, uh, the person who did the blog wrote down uh, nine things that he would call the reasons for Robin. And I kind of wrote them down here just to sort of see how people respond to those. Uh, In this order, number one, uh, someone for Batman to talk to. Someone for, uh, number two, someone for Batman not to talk to, to sort of reveal the, perso- the personality of Batman at the time. Number three, younger readers can identify with Robin. I think that was the uh, primary reason that the character was introduced, to sort of get kids more into the, uh, the Batman comic books. Number four, Robin displays a broad range of emotions, which shows, you know, Batman can sort of be stoic and grim and still be in character. Robin can sort of show emotions to make the, the, the situations all the more engaging. Number five, Robin is fallible. You know, we can kind of go back to the idea that Batman might be omnipotent or however you guys put it. But uh, Robin he still has room to grow. Uh, and on, sort of related to that, number six, he can be the boy hostage, which Are you get a little <laughs> bit annoying.
3: Are you saying that Batman is infallible, though? Is that what this person is saying? Because I, I, think, I that. think that that is incorrect.
5: I, I would I would I, say that um I would say that Batman's not perfect, but it's easier to get through a story and have Robin slip up more often than Batman slip up. I would imagine. Were, were you going to say something, Tom?
2: I, I I was just kind of going to say the same thing. Some it, it I think it depends on the writer, but some writers tend to kind of default to where Batman essentially has all the answers, right at the tip of his you know right on his fingertips, whereas Robin can. You know, it, there's we we can cut Robin more slack, so to speak.
5: Right. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think there's like room for error with Robin, which allows which you, you're not you're not wondering why Robin can't do something if he screws up, whereas with Batman, F, there's there are times where you might question it. It depends on the writer. But um, just finishing up real quick, number seven, undercover agent, which I don't think is a really big factor anymore. But in the in the Golden Age, he would go over Disguise as a shoe shine boy or something. Anyway, number eight, comic relief, which I think Robin primarily serves as, especially Dick Grayson. Uh, Number nine, Robin is a kid, going back to somebody that the the, the young readers can identify with. And uh, just to end on that quote, uh, the blogger wrote, as the original kid sidekick in superhero comics, Robin represents youth and therefore potential. The various young people who've served as Robin had all different skills and personalities, thus hinting at different sorts of potential, but they all embody the process of growing up. In contrast, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and other adult heroes appear as fully formed. We expect them and their principles to be tested, but not to develop further. Which is sort of what I was saying before, where uh, Robin has a bit more room for error, and it's sort of that infallibility which kind of makes him a little bit more relatable than Batman. Although Batman, that doesn't strictly mean Batman's unrelatable, but uh, it's easier with a kick-socket running around. But um, that's basically uh, a way to sort of get into it. If anybody else has anything to add to the general concept of Robin and what we feel for it. Um, I think it's interesting that most of us generally like the character, although I like John's uh, response that he's not immediately necessary. Oh. So um, without further ado, we can get started. And um, I suppose we can start with the first Robin. I don't really remember his name. Uh, he's not been around very long. Um, Peter. What's Peter. Th- Peter. Peter Parker? Who? Uh. <laughs> everyone's, <favorite laughs> <laughs> everyone's favorite Robin <laughs> from Marvel. Uh, Bucky I don't know. Uh, Tom, do you know the first Robin? I forget his name. Do you have any idea? Richie something. Sambora <laughs> uh his name his name is Dick, according to the internet. Yes. <laughs> Dick Grayson. we'll start with Dick Grayson. Yes. It's going to take this long. I would have brought my homework.
7: You sure about this extortion ring? Uh-huh. It's been four hours. Uh Uh-huh. You still think they'll show? Uh (sighs) Uh-huh. Lucky for me, you're such a good conversationalist.
4: There's the slime. All right! These are contract saboteurs, Robin. Let's take it by the numbers. Nice and easy.
7: Yeah, time to kick some butt.
4: Good thing we had that little chat.
5: I'll, uh, I'll provide a and hopefully brief synopsis of his origin, and then we can kind of go person by person and say our thoughts on Dick Grayson. So, um, the only son of a trapeze, trapeze artist, John and Mary Grayson, Richard Dick Grayson made up one-third of the Flying Graysons, a world-class level acrobatic show in Pop Haley's Circus. After his parents' triple somersault act was sabotaged by gangster Boss Zuko in order to extort protection money from the circus manager, Dick was taken in by the Batman, Partly to keep the boy out of Zuko's crosshairs, and partly out of empathy, for he too knew what it was like to be orphaned at an early age. Being the first person that Bruce ever revealed his identity to, he took the young acrobat as his ward and trained him for months before the young teen graduated with his own multicolored costume patterned after his original Flying Grayson's outfit, and a name which harkened back to a nickname his mother used to call him Robin. Dick Grayson is the original kick sidekick and served as the light to Batman's Dark. Originally appearing in the spring of 1940, Dick lasted for over 40 years in the role, nearly 30 of them as Batman's partner. Initially, he was the laughing daredevil who would routinely get captured and represent the father-son aspect of the dynamic duo. As the years went on with Batmania sweeping the nation and Dick gradually aging, he and Batman became equals as partners. In 1969, Dick moved out of Wayne Manor to attend college at Hudson University and began having his own solo adventures, occasionally teaming up with Batgirl and eventually leading the Teen Titans. Dick had soon developed to become a full-fledged hero in his own right. The Boy Wonder was then dubbed the Teen Wonder, and his team-ups with Batman were mainly of two friends fighting crime with the best resources around. So naturally, he went on to become Nightwing and uh, sort of moved farther and farther away from Batman. But uh generally, since Dick is the traditional Robin, or at least the most uh, iconic Robin, we'll just kind of leave it off there. And um, I think most people here are used to Dick Grayson as Nightwing, but... Whenever you read or watch a story with Dick as Robin, what's your general take on the character? Do you like him? Do you not like him? Starting with Dustin, Dick Grayson as Robin, what are your thoughts?
4: Well, I think the the whole idea of Dick Grayson as Robin is he was brought in to make a... I look at, and this is probably going to come across as kind of bad, but that's all right. Um, I look at the character as this was DC's attempt to change the origin of a character for the for at least the first time within the Bat books. I'm, I don't know if, if I could go as far as to say within the, the DC universe, but Batman, when he was first created, was this very dark, brooding character. I mean, he looked like a bat. His ears were much taller, things like that. And then someone decided at DC, hey, maybe uh, maybe it's a good idea if we uh, give him a, a, a sidekick. And, uh, you know, as much as there are creators who are credited for the idea of Robin, I have a hard time believing that the original idea of Batman was changed so quickly from the original origin only for the sake of a creator said, hey, let's do this. I just don't see that entirely uh, completely true. But I think that someone decided, hey, let's uh, make this character a little bit more uh, relatable to the younger fans by giving him a teenage sidekick, or well, not a teenage, but a kid sidekick, and then, as years progressed, and he eventually got older, um, he, as they said, he became his equal. I don't know that. I don't know that I would say that uh, he was his equal when he was um, in in charge of the Teen Titans, and he was still Robin, even even when he became Nightwing. I I don't think I'd sit here and say that he was Batman's equal. I think Batman treated him as an equal, but I don't think he actually was an equal. Just look at the rest of the the, the DC Universe and how they treated uh, Dick Grayson compared to Batman. He was not an equal. Okay. But um, I think that the idea was to basically make this character, make Batman more relatable to people through Dick Grayson. And I think that they achieved that. And I think as the character progressed over all of these years, I think that... This character is probably one of the few characters within the DC universe that has had so much transformation as far as character, compared to any of the other characters that are in DC universe. I mean, most of them, most of the the heroes, have been the same hero for their entire career, and there's only a few sidekicks who also grew up, you know, right alongside Dick Grayson as time progressed. But none of them have been around as long. But then at the same time, none of them have had all of the different aspects that he has had where, you know, none of them have been the leader of the Teen Titans, as well as changing their identity to Nightwing, as well as filling in for Batman, not once, but twice, uh, when Batman was indisposed. So I think that this character is probably one of the most grown characters within the DC Universe, and I think that he's a great character no matter which way you look at it.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I love Dick Grayson. Um, obviously, you know that I love him paired with a particular person, but I can't talk about such things right now. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, whenever anyone thinks of Robin, I think he would probably be the first person that you're going to be able to name off. Uh, but what's weird about him for me is I feel like he, he didn't really grow as much as a character as Robin right side-by-side by, side by Batman. I think that the most growth that we saw with this particular character was when he was by himself and he was going to Hudson U. You know, he had different team-ups with uh, Batgirl and things like that in the Batman family uh, issues, which then turned into Detective with that whole craziness in the 70s. And then joining the Teen Titans... Being put into a leadership role, and then turning into Nightwing, I think that Dick Grayson, he was a great Robin. But I, you know, my definition of Robin is sort of someone like I said, you know, that can really help uh, Batman grow, and and maybe he grows alongside him. And I think we don't really see that until he actually gets away from Batman. I think he's able to help Batman in a lot of regards because, you know, Batman in those crazy. Uh, Silver Age issues, you know, he had a lot of strange femme fatales like Catwoman with her <laughs> kitty car and things like that. Um, and it's it's in no way like this, where he always contemplates now revealing his identity, or but something usually bad happens, and then he realizes, well, I'm always going to be alone. And I think. You know, even though there were there were ulterior motives for bringing in a Robin, I think it was great for the Batman character because he was really lonely, and he realized he could never sort of share a life with someone um, full-heartedly. And so even though this partnership was born out of a tragic event, I think that they were both really there for each other, and they were able, even though I think it it's said about, a lot, of the ba- or a lot of the Robins that, you know, there's always this tragedy that brings them to Bruce. I think that it's always the first one that really makes it count and really is the most powerful. So in that regard, I think he's great. But um, I don't think he's, like, the best Robin example for me because I, I just think I'm, I'm sort of holding out for this, this one person that I really think has really stepped in and, and filled that role. So there you go.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, um, and, and I, and looking looking back at that at older stories with Robin, the the boy hostage stuff um, was kind of under my little dislikes column. But when when Robin was set off kind of on his own, or were with the Titans or what have you, I think you're right. That's when the character really really developed. And um, looking at looking at him with the Titans through you know, through the early 80s and what have you, he does a, you know, he's a character who really embodies a lot of, uh, well, angst about, you know, coming out from under under Batman's shadow or, or trying to do that, and that's done well, and that's done not so well, because there are times when you can kind of see that struggle that Dick has you know, through, especially through, up until about the Judas contract when he becomes Nightwing, and then afterwards, there are times when you just kind of wish he would Get over it already! Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, uh, but but it is, but but that's typical for for your parents and children in that age, you know, that the time in your life when you are, you know, you you are struggling with that, and and I've always appreciated that about the character. Um, but yeah, I've 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 always thought that it took a long time for the character to become a lot more fully realized, and I think it was when they made the conscious choice to age him, move him away, uh, partially so that Batman could go back kind of more to his roots, and you have some great solo Batman stuff, especially through the 70s and what have you, that we actually really got more of Robin as a character rather than as sometimes where he felt like um, a plot device or an accessory or, you know, kind of the other half of, of, of something. And, and, uh, but, uh, but I've always, but I've also, I also like, I having, having essentially grown up through my comics reading career with Dick as Nightwing, I've always actually preferred Nightwing, him as Nightwing to Robin. And I've liked how he's been a mentor or tried to be a mentor to the other people in the, uh, in the Robin costume, especially Tim. Yes. I think he fills that role very, very well. Uh, and I have a couple of notes about that, but I'll save that to get to Mr. Drake.
5: Oh, he's so. on this
2: list? Okay. Yeah, it's apparently. Uh, you know, not according to Dan DiDio, but according to me, he is. Oh. So. <laughs> there, goes that,
5: there goes that knife again.
6: Yeah, I think that Dick is definitely one of the most iconic Robin's. But then, um listen to what Stella saying. She's right in that he doesn't really do much as robin and doesn't grow so if we're looking at him as a character yeah he's a great character but if we're looking at this solely as who's the best robin i don't think he really competes that well with the, the romans that come later um he definitely started off you know the the kid sidekick and in you know some aspects that's, that's a good thing in other ways you know he started a horrible thing for some characters but <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I I do enjoy the character and I enjoy him and his campness through the through the uh, the Silver Age and stuff. But I, I I do agree that as a Robin, he doesn't grow much. He kind of stays a, a similar character for the majority of his run.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. I think if your character does all his growth away from Batman you can't, I don't think you can really call him a Robin. And maybe I I sort of speak about that because to me, Dick Grayson's always been Nightwing. And when I got into comics, he'd been Nightwing for quite a while. And that's how I knew him. And obviously having to go back and read it and read some of his, uh, some of the, the adventures where he is Robin. I just always felt, like you guys, he he grew up more with the Teen Titans and and doing his own thing. You know that doesn't make him a, a Robin, really. It makes him somebody, a character in his own right, and I think an essential part of of the DCU. But to me, not essential for for this character. You know. I think, to be honest, we could have d- done away with, with Robin, him being Robin altogether, and, and just had him come in as Nightwing. How would that work? Well, well you know, I'm
4: not entirely <laughs> you sure. Put
1: him on the spot there. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, I, well, you know, unlike Dustin, I don't run uh, DC, so I, I haven't thought this, this planned through. Um, but I, you know, well, I'm trying to think of how to explain it in a way that's kind of, it all makes sense in my head, which is probably not great. Um, in the he, he he just becomes Nightwing, you know, in the same way that we've seen hundreds of people turn up and, and become characters. He could come in, have, have the right sort of training, a bit like Cassandra Cain or... Stephanie and and just become <laughs> Nightwing. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's you know, characters becoming an, another character and just turning up out of the blue's never been a real issue for for DC and I it's not a real issue t- for me either but like I said I, I'm approaching this from the standpoint that he's you know, I, all the time I've been in comics and when I started reading comics he was Nightwing. So, you know, that Probably colors my opinion of him.
5: Before I get to Ed, it sounds like most of you are saying that, like when he was Robin, he was literally like the the kid, the goofy kid sidekick, and there's not there's not much to get into, kind of sink your teeth <clears throat> into. And I think that's sort of like what John was sort of may have been going. I I don't want to put words in his mouth, but uh, yeah, he you
6: know he's saying the, that because he's so iconic as Nightwing, and people don't really associate him with being Robin anymore. That with the the way that things are going at the moment, they could have almost said that yeah, he he was never Robin because he doesn't. Oh, screw that! The...
5: <laughs> I would not tolerate uh, that yeah. for a second. I don't I'm, know I'm not cry. saying
6: that's what should happen, but I, and there are definitely stories in which you know him being Robin is important. But in a in a way, in the way that we've been talking so far, you know, there's nothing so iconic that you know. I mean, I don't know.
3: I think he just grew into who we all know and and love as he was Nightwing. Had he done the same growth as Robin, I think we would still... I think that then our answers would change and say that he was a great Robin. But just like Stephanie, I think Stephanie as Spoiler was a completely different character than when she stepped in as Batgirl. And she was still Spoiler at the very beginning of Batgirl, but then she really came into her own. So I think even though he's Nightwing, I mean, it could have been a Robin costume, but that character really grew as Nightwing. So I, I think that's kind of what we're trying to say there. Okay.
7: All right, here's what I think about Dick Grayson. I think this is going to be awful. Uh, I think, much like everyone else, that his time as Robin, I used to think this, I should say, was extremely forgettable. I didn't think he was important. I looked at him as a, a Golden and Silver Age hangover, just like so many stuff we got out of the Golden and Silver Age, which eventually got eliminated. And I really didn't have any interest in him whatsoever. And then, I don't know if you guys remember this book, but a Dark Victory came out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Dark Victory... Cemented Dick Grayson's place mentally for me as being an important Robin. It was a uh, kind of a modern age reboot of his of, of his origin, and it really again showed me why he was important as a Robin. He was the first Robin. He was the first person that Batman kind of brought into the life. And if it wasn't for his success as Robin and it, the trust he built with Batman, we never would have got another Robin at all ever. Um. So. I think I originally looked at at Dick like that, but I think after reading Dark Victory, I changed my tone on him and now see him as, you know, a very important Robin for the simple fact that he made the rest of them possible.
4: Yeah, I I just want to say I don't think that he's completely unnecessary or that he didn't grow as a character because I think that he did grow as a character. Um, like Once he separated from Batman and he went on to lead the Teen Titans, because if it wasn't for all of that, he would have never actually became Nightwing. Because honestly, in my opinion, his time with the Teen Titans cho- made him decide to actually go off and become a new identity that wasn't necessarily linked to Batman. Um, I think the, 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 the thing is that for Batman, Dick Grayson was a very important character as a sidekick, as a Robin. And I think, as Ed said, that the other ones wouldn't exist because I think Batman realized how important it was to have a sidekick, regardless of the reasoning behind it. It was important for him to have a sidekick, and that's why we saw Jason, we've seen Tim, we've seen Stephanie, we've seen Carrie Kelly in Dark Knight Returns, we've seen... Uh, Damian, it's there, I mean, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of reasons why Batman has allowed these other people to be his sidekick, and it's not just because, you know, DC has to fill a quota with, you know, teen sidekicks. So, I mean, I'm just saying, that, you know, there's there is a purpose that Dick, Dick Grayson served, even though he is probably more iconic as Nightwing than Robin.
2: You no, know,
5: uh, oh, go ahead, go
2: ahead. Uh, and through and through the last couple of storylines of Tim's origin into the Robin costume, he contemplates quite a bit the bar that Dick yes. And and then after him Jason, cuz Jason had died at the I t- was still dead at the time, um had set. And and he's he is wondering how he's going to live up to the Th- that standard, that legacy that he left behind him when he stepped into the Nightwing, uh, the role of Nightwing, and, and and stepped away from you know from Bruce. And I think I think you're right. And I think that's a story that, that it was like you know that that one Detective Comics storyline that carried over, then carried over into Batman that really illustrated what what your point just was.
5: It's interesting to me that a lot of uh, you guys. Not to separate myself from you. Uh, <laughs> kind of um, say that his time as Robin is, is ultimately negligible because he's more, he leaves more of an impression as Nightwing. Um, I find that interesting because like, I, I might agree, but I don't know if you can have Nightwing without Robin necessarily. And I think that I a th- big reason is that, um, just real quick, is that like, I think because Dick Grayson was Robin for so long, his, him becoming Nightwing means more, I think. I think that that sort of leaves a more impression. So, where whether you liked him or not as Robin, I think that that transgression to Nightwing puts more weight on Nightwing than just being a completely separate character. Were you going to say something, Joe? Well,
6: yeah, I was, I was going to say that. I definitely agree with you, and I think that's what everyone was trying to say. In that, if you look at um, you know cause and effect, you know he's definitely important as Robin, and that is what started you know the Batman having Robins, and that's what led. Dick to become Nightwing stuff. so I think it's definitely an important role in his life and in Batman's life but I think we were just saying that he's more iconic as Nightwing so in terms of being a Robin he's, his role is less impactful than or at least on the reader than it is on than other Robins but his, his role as Robin is definitely impactful in, in Batman's life and in the history of Batman.
2: It might be a matter of perspective too. I mean, I'm, I'm 35, and I, you know, I, I started, like I said, I started reading comics, and he was already Nightwing, somebody who's older than me, who's reading comics and longer than that than I have say, and spent years and years and years with it being Robin might disagree, in that he would rather because that's what he, he's used to. I mean, I'm just. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here to be completely honest with you. Oh, that's, cool. that's where I'm that's what I'm kind of where I was thinking is maybe it's just because I was I came in and was used to it after a time. And yeah, and, and you're right, to me it's like the role of Nightwing fits, but maybe that's just because of when I started reading and, and the age that I am.
5: I can only imagine like at the time in nineteen eighty three, four, when he like during the juice contract when we became Nightwing. I'm mm-hmm. wondering just how many people scream, Betrayal! Because <laughs> they always imagine Dick is Robin forever. Or like even when uh, in A Lonely Place of Dying, when Tim wants Dick to become Robin again, uh, if you look at the letters, some people want Dick to become Robin again and renege on the whole Nightwing costume persona. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I might end up coming down on... A, uh, not coming down, but coming opposite on a lot of you guys because, to me, I really love Tim Drake, but just in terms of like iconography, I would say Dick is... He's probably more likable as Nightwing, but he's more iconic as Robin. I think that uh, if you look at a lot of the media interpretations, whether they continue with several other Robins after him, like the, uh, the DC Animated Universe or Young Justice, th- they do start out with Dick, and probably that's because of tradition. but Probably because I think that, uh, one, Burt Ward was popular in America. Uh, but two, I mean, uh, the longevity of the character. And I think uh, there might, those might be those simple, like, you know, uh, cold hard facts of it. Um, what's interesting to me for, in terms of Dick as Robin is that he is probably the Robin with the, with the closest origin to Bruce's and yet he couldn't be more different from Bruce. I mean, he, he does not let his tragedy really define him like Bruce does. And I think that none of the Robins really do, but it's sort of like an inverse, uh, take on Batman. I enjoy their partnership. I really like the, the dynamic, no pun intended of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson working together. I think that a lot of times it is just old school cheese, where it's tradition, and you like, you know, the 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 billionaire, uh, you know, Playboy, and his you know, Acrobat Ward. To me, this that's sort of mythic, and I enjoy that on a, I enjoy that on a fundamental sense. Um, I think that it's, when I was looking over stories to kind of talk about Dick as Robin, I got to the, I got to a conclusion that a lot of them really are basically what you imagine Robin to be. He really was like the laughing kind of sidekick who, you know, would get captured sometimes but would kind of pull through. Even in modern stories, they kind of, pl- they, they kind of play that a little more like in Robin Year One. It was still sort of traditional. And I think your models may vary on whether they kind of taste to you or not. I like it. The only time I don't like him as Robin is like in the or- early 40s where he's kind of written to be like Jerry Mathers with the whole aw shucks kind of thing. But um, generally, I like the team up. Um, even during like the Daniel O'Neill era in the 70s and, and later on, like uh, when he's older and in college and he helps Batman out, I like that era. But I think it is hard to kind of define and look at r- Dick as Robin because much of his much of his time is just that simple tradition. It's not really it's not really developed or sort of looked at from a different perspective until he is Nightwing. Like I think you look at it much differently in Lonely Place of Dying*, where you see how frustrated he is with Batman and how difficult it was living with Batman get how much the two loved each other and how they how much they kind of uh helped each other grow so it's an interesting way to look at the character from this perspective in 2013 to date the podcast but um i i personally really enjoy him as robin and that might be because i I enjoyed the two's dynamic but i i I like it I, i can read any story with him, robin whether whatever the year but i think personally i i like him more as nightwing but not by a whole lot if that makes any sense yeah, we're gonna move on, and that's all we'll say about that. Uh, unless anybody else has anything to add, we can move on to the next drop. Jason Todd, and I'll take that as a cue to do
6: that. Don't move. We're up. You what? Shoot me? Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
5: 20 rounds a second, and you were still too slow. I'm not slow, punk! Me neither. I've got him. Robin! I had to take him down. You shattered his collarbone! He's a drug-dealing pimp. I didn't think I had to prop up some pillows before I took him out.
0: We needed him. He would have talked. But you put him into shock.
5: Sorry. That was dumb. But he deserved it. So, um, in 1983, uh, Dick Grayson was uh, officially replaced by Jason Todd. And as everyone knows, Jason Todd was a character whose origin was completely different from Dick Grayson's. Because he was a member of the Flying Todds, not the Flying Graysons. <laughs> <laughs> um, his, his parents were killed by Boss Killer Croc. And, um, although Dick, as Robin, eventually wanted to adopt him, he was beat up by Bruce and made to be the second Robin. Or, you can look at it this way. Uh, initially, Batman met Jason when uh, in Crime Alley when Jason ripped off the tires from the Batmobile. Jason was a street urchin living on his own, you know, boosting tires from cars, and his mother had passed away, his father was a criminal who had run away, and Bruce, partly out of, out of wanting to save the boy's life from a life of crime, and partly because he missed Dick Grayson, because he... Fired him for stupid reasons. Adopted him, and you know, after a few months, made him the new Robin. The difference between between uh, uh, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd that everyone knows about is that uh, because of Jason's upbringing, he had more of an edge, more of a darker personality, just more of a a nasty side to him that, that really conflicted with uh, him and Batman. Uh, he almost tried to kill Two Face when he found out that Two Face first killed his father, and although he let Two Face live and left him to up to the authorities, and Batman thought that. That was all he needed to do in terms of getting his emotional vengeance out. He, d- he continued to just be really disagreeable with Batman. There were times when they were too like the dynamic duo, such as in Mike Barr's uh, Detective Comics run, but mainly during Jim Starlin's run in Batman, he was really just... The main difference uh, between Jason and, and Batman is that he was a lot more uh, inconsiderate towards uh, actions and consequences. He thought of the crime-fighting life as a game he didn't see the need for letting criminals off the hook or letting them live. He thought, you know, killing criminals would be fine. There's that infamous story in Batman 425, 424, where he may or may not have caused uh, the death of a, a Hispanic diplomat's, or his diplomat's son. And generally, Jason Todd, uh, for at that point, was a very unpopular Robin. So they killed him.
0: Bad boy! What a delicious day no more. Joker. That's right. Me and my boys are all back here making sense. And P.U. does it stink. Must be the food around here. <laughs> but I thought you said he was... I lied. Now get your hands up. But, Mom... Get them up. You see, I can't afford to have you stirring up trouble. I've been dipping into the medical funds myself. If you blow the whistle on the Joker, i get hauled up in the net, too. Ooh, I just love reunions! Nothing like a little dysfunction at a family function. What should we do with him, Joker? Oh, something I've wanted to do for years. Uh, ah, hold him up, boys. You got it, boss. Come now, bird boy. You're not going to sleep on me already, are you? The party's just started. Then let's boogie. <laughs> uh, fellows. Could you lend a hand? Or a fist, maybe? Oh, God, I can't look. Now, now, Uh, Sheila. A little blood shouldn't bother a good doctor like you. Say, you hand me that crowbar? What? Oh, never mind. I'll just get it myself. Okay, thanks for softening him up, boys. That wasn't very nice hitting, Uncle Joker. You've been a bad boy. Prepare yourself for a severe
5: spanking,
0: young man. But let me tell you right from the start, this is going to hurt you a lot more
5: than it does me.
0: Uh,
5: famously, uh, he found out that his real mother was alive and both him and Batman traveled to the Middle East. Unfortunately, his mother was in cahoots with the Joker. And although Batman was called away and begged for Jason not to engage with the Joker because it was his mom whose life was on the line, Jason disobeyed and, when five minutes later. He was beaten with a crowbar and blown up along with his mother. And we never saw him again. Uh, as, as I wink into the camera. So, um... But, um... Well, that's, that's essentially Jason's history as Robin. There's, there's more, obviously, later because he's spoilers comes back to life. Um, but uh, being as how Jason is a rather notable Robin... What, is, what are your general thoughts on the character at, in his time as Robin? Do you, do you enjoy the edge that he brings? Do you enjoy like, the, the, the disc uh, content that he has with Batman? Uh, were you as annoyed as other readers were in the 80s and don't like Jason as Robin? Do you like him better as Red Hood? Do you think that Jason was a worthy Robin to have in the mythos? What are your general thoughts on Jason Todd? My th-
4: I'm going to keep my thoughts on Jason Todd pretty straightforward. I thought that he was basically the complete opposite of Dick Grayson when he was introduced as far as being so much edgier than Dick Grayson. He wasn't all about the ha 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 stuff that Dick Grayson was about so much when he was first brought into the role and I think that was the the, the reason behind that was because they were because it was the 80s they were trying to make things a little bit more uh, I guess relevant would be the best word and that was the reason why Jason Todd was so much different. I personally thought that Jason Todd um, when he was brought in was I I really didn't like the character. You know, reading through the history of the character from the beginning to present, I don't think that Jason Todd was was very interesting. Quite honestly, if I was around when they would have voted to kill him or not, or to save him, I would have voted
5: to kill him. (laughs) I know you would (laughs) have.
3: Um, let's see. I I agree with Dustin that he wasn't as interesting, but I disagree that he was a wholly different character than Dick Grayson because I think he's getting a bad rap right now. Uh, Because I think we only remember the Jason Todd that is edgier, that goes against Batman when he tells him to do something. And that's on the edge. And did he or did he not push that gangster off of the uh, the balcony? Well, he probably did. but, But that's the one that we remember. And the fact is that when he was introduced, he did have sort of the jokes. He was the colorful sidekick that Dick Grayson was. Um, from, you know, what I read from uh, 412 and 4, uh, thirteen mm-hmm. of Batman. He, he was that. And Batman, I think, was a different character at the time. So he wasn't as accepting. I mean, a bell, like the, the clapper of the bell gets taken in 412 by a mime or or something i don't know what goes on there but uh but he makes a joke and batman's like that's not funny but you know rewind (laughs) several years and robin makes the same joke and batman at that time would have probably like followed it up with something else so the the he just came in at a bad time dick grayson's gone he's on his own right now and we get this guy off the street and yeah he's he's I mean he's got a different origin I don't really buy that Batman at one point says I brought him because he reminds me of me when I lost my parents I don't really buy that as much as uh, the Dick Grayson way I think that Batman was so eager to have someone in his life again um, other than Alfred and uh, he probably did at that time know that you know Batman needs a Robin and he didn't want to be be this sort of monster and, and go into his hole and not be with anyone but he's just not as accepting um, now, I, I feel bad for him in two ways. Well, that that was the first way. Just that he does have jokes, I think. But at the time, Batman wasn't going to accept him. And I guess we missed Dick Grayson, I think, as readers. So we thought, oh, well, that's idiotic. I don't like him. And the other thing is that um, <sighs> Tim, Tim and Steph almost do the same thing that uh, Jason does. Uh, when Batman gets in a bad position, Batman always puts his life, and he says, Robin, you need to stay behind, because I don't want you to get killed. And for better or for worse, Robin disobeys these orders and of course that gets him into trouble but he's doing it for a good reason he's trying to save his mentor whom he loves and I think we've seen this with Tim Tim was really biting his nails during the whole nightfall situation because Batman kept telling him you need to you know don't put yourself in danger things like that and Steph that was the reason Steph was well we'll talk about that later but that's why she was kicked out because she was trying to help him and so it just stinks that he's got this bad rap because he's trying to help somebody and he's disobeying yes but he's trying to help him and so we think of him as this bad guy now i do have to say that yes he gets a bit heavy-handed especially near the end of his career which they probably did that on purpose but again we're looking at this one character as if in a vacuum but think about batman and hush Batman and death in the family. Like, all these times that it's been on the edge and and he Batman himself has wanted to kill somebody. Tim Drake walking away from King Snake hanging on a wire. <laughs> I mean, there are all these things that pop up, but we just look at Jason Todd and think, well, he's a terrible character. Look at all these things he's done. But we don't think about all the other things that other characters have done as well. So, I don't I don't like... I mean, he's not my favorite Robin. Here I am, you know, defending him. But uh, it just stinks that we, we don't see everyone and compare them together and and this guy's got a bad rap
2: yeah you know he's got his moments both pre and post crisis you know i i will i will always mention that he's the one who drops the black mercy on mongol in in for the man who has everything (laughs) um and uh he's his he is he's a little bit of a retread of Dick Grayson, of course, um, you know, before they changed his origin. And I think, in the grand scheme of things, that post-crisis origin works because if you look at Dick and Tim in relation to that as an ongoing narrative, it fits. At the time, I it, it probably wouldn't have having read those individual stories. And if I was reading that comic and when I was 11 years old and had that 900 number in front of me probably would have voted to kill him only because I was 11 years old and I thought would have thought that was cool um, but <laughs> I this is what happened when you watch Schwarzenegger movies at 10 or 11 um, you want children the, to die yeah um, but I, I, I like I like the un- unsuredness he has in in the pre-crisis incarnation and in some of the stories that that you know he is he is a little wet behind a little more wet behind the ears um, and in the in the post crisis, I there are aspects of his being kind of a punk that I think fit. Um, one of my favorite Jason Todd car- stories is that Batman Four Sixteen, where he yes. he and Nightwing uh, he mm-hmm. meets Nightwing for the first time, and I and I think that um, I think that does a lot for the character. Uh, but, you know, I pretty much agree with what with, with Stella was saying, that, that he, he gets kind of a bad rap, and, and a lot of it has to do with uh, with the character at the time. Um, the fact that I think it was Max Allen Collins' Batman stories aren't particularly great. And from what I've heard, mostly listening to Mike Bailey, uh, Jim Starlin really didn't like writing the character. So... He kind of had things kind of stacked against him. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of his being brought back by a reality TV show star. But that's just <laughs> me. Even though that's my favorite season of that show. But, but Wait, anyway, what? I...
6: went <laughs> over my head. Okay. I think for me, I came into the comics hearing about... Jason Todd and hearing that he was a bad Robin, he was a, you know, he didn't listen to Batman, he was uh, violent and disrespectful and I kind of, I, I didn't like him because of that and I heard that, you know, he's, he got killed off because the fans all hated him and that's why he died. I didn't think of him in a good light until I went back and read some of his comics and From the admittedly limited uh, number of issues that I have read, it doesn't seem he's as angry as people make him out to be. I found that that kind of comes later. In the start, he's very enthusiastic and wants to help Batman. And it later comes, it comes later with the frustrations of being limited by Batman and staying within the law. And I think he's just, I guess he is angry, but I think that comes with, like Don was saying, um, his his upbringing, and he was born up in very. Uh, he's a complete opposite to Batman. That you know, Batman was brought up in in wealth, and even though his parents died, you know, he had like Alfred, and I guess depending on what history we're looking at, but uh, he had people there. <laughs> he had people there to look after him, and uh, Jason didn't really have that. So I think that. His his view and his uh, anger comes from that and his upbringing, so I, I don't look upon him as harshly as I think the general people do, and al- although he does seem to get a lot angrier later, I think in the start he was very likeable as Robin.
1: Like when your grandmother makes those really racist comments. <laughs> Where's Jason, this going? It's always, Jason a great way to start,
4: is, it's always a great way to start something.
1: It is, yeah. It, it, Jason Todd is very much a product of his time, especially post-crisis. You look at how kids were portrayed in films. You've got, you know, the Brat Pack from the John Hughes movies, Bill and God. Ted. Uh, National Lampoon, and, and kids, yeah, yeah, there's a punk movement um, and things like that, and, and kids were sort of seen as, as quite angry and aggressive, and I think that's how and why Jason Todd changed from almost basically being a clone of Dick Grayson to this, um it, whether it's imagined or not angry quite angry character that that gets such a bad rap and you know i I think that's what really goes against him because kids weren't like that and he because he's 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 not how people remember themselves he's he's got that negative connotations you don't people don't like to remember things of differently of how they remember remember it and i think that's what goes against him and i i don't necessarily think it's deserved but at the same time he his pretty much his only contribution to to the dc universe i would argue is dying and that ultimately is a problem i think in that if he does die and that's all anybody remembers him for. He's not been a very good Robin. Now, whether, like I was saying before, that's because, you know, people remember him negatively or whether that's an issue with the writing, trying to fit into films and trying to fit the stereotype of, of the time of, of the youth, uh, you know, I I could argue all day about. But he doesn't make a very good Robin for those reasons to me.
7: I think that Jason Todd may have been the worst Robin, but one of the best characters to ever be Robin. He wasn't particularly good Robin. He was violent. Uh, he was prone to dis- disobedience. But as a character, I think he's amazing. Um, I love the scene where he, when he chucks the, uh, the diplomat off the balcony. Or we, we think he chucks the diplomat off the balcony. It stays in character with, with the person he grows up being after his resurrection. He's always going to be a, a, a little bit of a darker character. If, I'm sure everyone here listening to this has, has read or seen Batman the Cult. Oh, that, is, yep. that is mm-hmm. probably some of the best moments a Robin ever has in any bad book, in my opinion. And that's Jason Todd. One, he totally bails him out at the end. And when he did that scene where he smacks him upside the face and tells Bruce to pull it together. Yeah. I mean, what other Robin does that? I mean, he smacks Bruce face and says, you've got to pull it together, man. What do you, you know, come on here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think Jason's, I think he's great. Uh, like I said, he's a bad Robin, but he's an amazing character. Um, plus, every time they rewrite his origin, it gets better. Oh, well. You know, he, was a, <laughs> he, he was a clone. Now he's not a clone of, of, of uh, Dick Grayson. And then we get the, the new, minus the Joker part. Let's forget about that.
4: But
5: yeah, let How can we?
7: Well, because we ripped those four pages out and burned them one afternoon. Oh, but okay. And
5: just... then drank the pain away.
7: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I forgot about him personally. Statin, <laughs> and, and scotch will change the memories. But, uh, no, I'm just, I mean, I think he's evolved the best of the characters. And I loved him in the cult. I, I like his personality. I, I think he's great. Jason Todd, apologist, but I love him.
5: I think it's really interesting because I think that Jason Todd is actually one of the more unique characters in all of Batman's mythology. Um, See, I am probably a lot like you guys in that I grew up. When I was a kid, he was the dead Robin. He wasn't the angry Robin. He was the dead Robin. Everybody felt bad for him, and he kind of represented the evil of the Joker. And, like, you know, Tim Drake was always, you know, trying not to turn out to like Jason Todd. That's who he was. I heard some things here or there, like, you know, he was a little disobedient and people didn't like him, but that. To me, that never really played much into a factor until um, Under the Red Hood, where he came back. Now, I'm like, Tom, I really don't like the idea of bringing him back, but I will say that the story that brought him back in was fantastic. I thought that Judd Winnick, for all of his murderous faults, actually did a very good job in uh, writing that character and showing why he differs from the rest of the Bat family. I think the ultimate reason why he kind of uh, is against... Not against Batman, but like you know, what makes him different than everybody else is that like his—I think he's uh, a a a guy for justice, and he's a crusader and all that. But he just doesn't see the point in being as human, you know, humane towards the villains. Judging by his upbringing, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I like the uh, I like the um, the happier Jason Todd. There are some issues. I like I like the. Uh, Mike W. Barr, Alan Davis issues where he's basically a Dick Grayson clone, even in post-crisis. I think those are fun. But to me, when I was... I read Batman 416, and that made me want out, to check out every other appearance he had post-crisis. And he's a really interesting character to, to read about because when you consider the fact that he wasn't made to die automatically, and, but that's his legacy, it's really interesting watching him grow. There's this instance once where he brings the scarecrow to the Batcave after he knocks him out, risking Batman and Robin's identities, so Batman reprimands him, but he says he's proud of him for doing so anyway. Like, he, he, was, he tried. You know he, he, you know, he saved Ronald Reagan at one point. I suppose that's good for something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, he, he wasn't like this, this uh, totally disagreeable character. He wanted to do good. It's just that he just was a different person. And I think that when you read those stories leading up to death in the family, it's he's really interesting to watch. I probably agree most with Ed in that good, or, good Robin or bad Robin, I don't know, but he really is a fun character. And when you watch, when you read the issues leading up to his, to his uh, demise, I think he really makes for an for an interesting read uh, from from all different perspectives. And he leads into like you know a lot of uh, good development for Tim and for Batman, obviously, because he represents you know like a lot of failures that Batman has, whether he turned. He trained him too quickly, or he didn't train him well enough, or he just didn't work on his own personality. Like the character to me, at least, at least as Robin, is a lot. He's a lot more interesting as Robin. I think Dick Grayson is, and I love Dick Grayson. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Okay, and um uh, now that Jason Todd's done with, we shall get into the very next Robin, the third Robin, and the third Robin is Carrie Kelly. <laughs> at least eh? in a, in a production order. <laughs> Please, dear, you're in the way of the sensors. Uh.
1: Watch it! You're bouncing around too much!
5: It's
0: all
4: right. Stretcher's gyro-stabilized.
1: Cool. What is this thing?
4: Dick called it the Batmobile. Sir! Something a kid would say.
1: I like it.
6: Now hold your breath.
0: (sighs) Ah! (sighs) Ah!
4: Where'd you learn to do that?
0: What's your name?
3: Carrie. Carrie Kelly. Robin.
0: Mine's Bruce. Sir, you are delirious. You should stay quiet from now on. We're moments from the hospital. No, Alfred. No hospital. The cave. But, sir! The cave!
4: And Robin comes with us.
5: So, ten years after the last known appearance of Batman, at a time when Gotham City has sunk even deeper into the hands of street crime and corruption, the Dark Knight returns to wage his war on crime in a campaign that stops just short of slaughter. During the siege on the underworld, Batman engages in a fight with the leader of the mutant gang, who eventually starts to kill him he is saved by a strawberry blonde-headed, green-goggled 13-year-old named Carrie, who was inspired by Batman after he saved her from a mugging and decided to make herself Robin. Bruce takes her, the girl back to the Batcave and formally makes her his third partner after Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, being strict with every instruction to keep her alive. From then on, throughout a rematch with the Mutant Leader and the final battle with the Joker, Carrie proved herself to be an extremely useful addition to Batman's crusade, saving his life on more than one occasion despite disobeying his commands on several instances. So, obviously, Carrie Kelly is not only uh, uh, the first female Robin, but really the first, I would say, major Robin that's not in the mainstream continuity. I included her in this list because I think that Dark Knight Returns is an important enough story to sort of have her be considered in a discussion of Robins. And I think that a lot of times she's sort of overlooked generally in those categories. And since we're the Batman universe, you know, we're at the top. There's nothing better. We might as well discuss her. So, uh, what do you all have to say about Carrie Kelly? And there may not be much to say, but what are your general opinions on her?
4: I thought for the story, she was a good character because, again, it brought that, that dark, brooding Bruce kind of down, and I think that's why he brought her in, um, because he was, he was he was basically not Batman for a very long time. And when he came back to be Batman during that story, he basically realized that, maybe it is time to have another robin um i think the character is similar in the like what i said before about the you know the the other robins in the past batman uh needs a character to ground him in a specific way that alfred cannot do by himself and i think harry kelly was the answer for this specific story especially since it takes place in the future
3: uh i liked the character i thought that she was fun um but When I was reading that story, so I read this before going to San Diego Comic-Con just in case there was like an interview opportunity, I remember, with the the people since the movie was coming out. And when this all happened, like her putting on the suit, I'm like, okay, okay. But then when Batman readily accepts her into the fold, I thought that this was the worst creative decision ever. Because the Batman that I know always puts up a fight with the Robin um, and says no no you're not going to be with me i'm not going to you know put another young child's life in danger but he just brings her in and i thought what kind of batman is this <laughs> so it was a strange uh characterization for batman kind of threw me off i like uh what she has a terrible home life i mean her parents are like doped out all the time and <laughs> basically don't even think they have a child i don't know uh so i think that she was She was fun in that regard. Um, And just... I think just like a a cool female Robin... and in comparison to Stephanie, I think that she was an actual Robin character. I'll get to my thoughts on Stephanie when we get to her later. But, you know, I, just like Dustin said, I think she fits the story. I, I wonder what it would be like if she had a longer stint than just that one story. Would she have been able to, to hold up? I don't know if she had the longevity that some of these other Robins have had. But for the story, I think she fits. And she was a, a fun character to, to read.
2: I agree. I think she's a she's great for the story. I wonder if him accepting her so quickly is just essentially a for expediency's sake within the plot so that we, you know, because you don't have that long of a time frame for the story. I like the fact that he inspires her and it's a it's a she's a good example of somebody being inspired by somebody like Batman. And it's contrasted by the Sons of Batman in that mm-hmm. story, who are essentially a another. A it's almost they're essentially the mutant gang, except now they paint Batman symbols on their face and do more or less the same thing that they were doing, except now they're quote unquote being good. And eventually, he kind of rounds everybody up, and and is like, no, you're you know, who's it like tonight we ride or whatever. You know, it's like you know I'm the, the sheriff's back in town, so to speak. So I think I think as a as she's kind of the you know that uh, there's that balance, or the I think I'm looking for the word foil here. Uh, <laughs> she is a foil to kind of those you know the the darker side of you know what what is, what is being in, inspired when with Batman's return, which you kind of see uh, being discussed within the text when you have uh, Miller putting um, various pundits and talking heads against one another in the media. Of the Gotham City of the time, one of them is Lana Lang, and the other one depends on who you know, who she's who she's yelling at in that story. But uh, but I, I think I think that's one of the one of the po- really positives of, of Carrie Kelly. But I like the character a lot too. I think it's I think she's kind of a fun
6: character as well. Yeah, she runs straight from her dope top parents right into the arms of a naked man. So yeah. uh, I also like the character. I I just like a female Robin because I, I, it was i hadn't read steph when i first read this and i just i liked the change um on first reading i also didn't like the uh almost immediate acceptance of her as robin but reading it again uh on the page just before you know she saves batman and is accepted by him batman's getting really delirious and he's calling for dick and he's saying you know like I need you, where are you? You were always there for me and I was always there for you trying to protect you and stuff. And I think that with him being in that mindset when she saves him in the Robin costume, he he just accepts her much more readily because uh, you know of what she's already done for him and he's in that mindset. And like uh, Dustin said, he needs a Robin and he knows that. So I, although it's quite quick, um, I accept it a lot. More I guess than uh you might do uh, I also like just as you're saying her her being inspired and you're seeing her although it 's sort of fairly limited, but you get you definitely get the feel of her training herself beforehand and then she gets the training from Batman as well, so I like her role in the book and enjoy her as a character
1: um I think she's pretty mu- to me she 's pretty much everything that Jason Todd should have been um. She's she's tough. She's got you know hard edges. She, she, she talks in slang, um, and <laughs> but she's not overly angry or uh, you know o- over the top at all. And I think she's a a very interesting character. Um, you know, in in the because to me she should have been what Jason Todd should have been, and I I think that made her character interesting but at the same time quite likable. I thought Carrie Kelly was cool for the story. I thought it was
7: a brave choice to wear a pair of glasses as opposed to a mask. <laughs> no, she's fine. She's cool, but she's just, you know, she's in there for the one story. It's a great story, but it's I don't know. That is what it is to me.
5: Well, let me ask you guys this. Do you think that Carrie Kelly could ever, I don't suggest that they actually do this, but do you think that she could work well in a mainstream comp- continuity as Robin?
4: I don't I don't think so unless it was part of that unless it was a, a continuity where it actually was the actual future and they were holding everything that happens in the dark knight returns to you know to a standard as that is exactly how it's going to happen in the future. I don't think that she necessarily would because it seems as if to me that not only was she put in the role very quickly but also um, even though Bat- Batman states that you know she's had her training and things like that, I have a very hard time believing that she was able to learn all of the skills that she absolutely needed to in that short amount of time that the entire story took place.
2: I think we'd spend too much time comparing any other version of the character to what's in The Dark Knight Returns and in general... Not that Frank Miller's the be-all and end-all of Batman, but we'd be basically be wondering if this is just simply like a watered-down version of a Frank Miller story. Um, so, I, I I, like the fact that she just kind of stays where she is, even though I really like the character.
5: Okay, I just thought I'd just throw that out there. Um, I really like Carrie Kelly. I think she's special in a lot of ways, because not only is she the first female Robin, but... That's not really played up a lot in the story. and I think that's a good thing. Uh, for one, she's rather androgynous, which I uh, which I like. I don't like the I, I like I appreciate the fact that Miller kind of designed her to be a really normal looking girl. Um, but I remember um, I was talking about this uh, on Bailey's Batman podcast that she is really um, opposite than any other Robin up to that moment. She's not uh, she's not brunette. She's like you know like this uh, redheaded kind of girl. She's female, obviously. She's not adopted by Bruce. She has parents. She makes herself Robin as opposed to him making her Robin. And she's not overtly athletic like Dick or even Jason to a certain degree. I mean, I kind of, whenever I read the story or watch the movie, I, don't, I never get the sense that she's all that trained. She's just kind of there. And um, uh, I hesitate to do this, but I'm going to disagree with my love, Stella, in that I like the fact that Batman immediately agrees to... Uh, um, make her Robin, where she says, like, what's your name? Carrie, Carrie Kelly, Robin. Oh, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Bruce Wayne. And Alfred tells him to shut up. Because um, to me, I don't, I don't like stories where Batman, I mean, ex- ex- except for after D- Jason Todd dies, but like in Batman, Batman Forever or even in uh, Nightwing Number Zero, it doesn't make sense to me that Batman wouldn't be for the idea of Robin because he was the person that, he was the guy who came up with the idea in the first place. I'll give you after Jason Todd dies, he doesn't want to endanger anybody else again. But to me, I think Batman really invites the idea of Robin. I think that Carrie's spunk and Carrie's sort of you know self-deprecating kind of attitude towards everything really makes for a foil which he recognizes. Um, I think she's great in this story. I think that she like you know she has a good sense of humor. I, I remember John in the commentary for the for part one. He said that she like she talks like a black guy or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember very well, but it was very weird. But um. Uh, what, what, no, what I, what I said was was that
1: um, Frank. The, the, she talks. It was talks his grandparents in... talking. Don't worry about.
3: It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it old. was.
1: It was the grandparents. Um, no, she talks in in, in um, a street slang. Um, uh, in uh, you know, uh, you, uh, uh, each youth develops his own way of, of talking and 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 things like that. It, that is is different from the previous generation. This generation's got text talk previous generation um and and the the thought the point i had was that it was frank miller was making a political statement because there was a lot of of worry about how the youth were talking like i said when i was talking about jason todd you know there was the whole punk scene going on um black um rap music and things like that was really gathering momentum and that all had its own ways of talking and ways of expressing itself that was different from what had come before it and that was what was worrying people at the time and that was the point that he was raising
5: uh-huh anyway um uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I like the character generally I think that she I think she sets herself apart uh really well despite the fact that she's sort of like in the middle of the robin uh cast I think that uh she's unique enough and I like the fact that she's really kind of funky with her green glasses and you know like, like, like lack of over athleticism that I think she, uh, I, th- I think she's like one of the coolest Robins, um, sort of, uh, tip my hand here and in a way that's sort of like kind of offbeat, almost like, like a proto hipster kind of Robin, which sounds annoying, but I, I like her a lot. I, I really do. And I think that, um, I mean, I would imagine that because she's in the dark Knight Returns she would get a lot more people would talk about her a lot more than they tend to. Although you don't really see all that much of her, uh, besides the basics, but, um, I like her a lot. And, um, I think most people here do, and uh, I think she's worthy of being a Robin, generally. I would like to see her in the main continuity. I think it would be kind of fun. Um, okay, now we're going to talk about Tim Drake. Yeah, Test bedtime, ain't it, cutie?
0: What's the matter? Don't you want to play?
3: Maybe she doesn't like slime.
0: Halloween's over, kid. Now scram before you get hurt.
3: The girl leaves with me, or you're the one getting hurt. Because Tim and Drake,
5: uh, after Dick Grayson is the longest-running Robin, being in the role for nearly 20 years, um, first appearing in the story Batman Year 3, but really developed in The Lonely Place of Dying, uh, his backstory is that as a child, his parents took him to uh, Haley's Circus on the, uh, the night that the Flying Graces were killed. So he had that wonderful image as a little boy. Um, and what really stuck out to his mind was not only the the, the, the image of seeing uh, Dick Grayson's parents die, but that for some reason the Batman runs into the middle of the, of the big top. And um, that image of that spooky character mm-hmm. gave him nightmares mm-hmm. for years. Um, later on, he, he was watching a news report of Batman and Robin fighting the Penguin, and recognized that the somersault Robin used to stop the Penguin was a quadruple somersault, the same somersault that the Flying Graysons were well known known for using. So, knowing that Dick Grayson was uh, had lived in Gotham and was adopted by Bruce Wayne, Tim Drake, who's about nine years old at the time, immediately figures out that uh, Batman and Robin are indeed Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Uh, so he keeps he keeps his tabs on on, on them. He realizes that once uh, Dick Grayson is moves out of uh, Wayne Manor. And, you know, Robin disappears and Nightwing appears that he realizes that Dick races Nightwing. He recognizes that uh, once Jason Todd is opted out that, that there's a new Robin again. So he figures out that Jason is Robin. And when Jason dies, he figures out that Robin is gone as well. And at that point, Bat-ha- Batman had become a lot more violent and reckless in his uh, crime fighting operation. That he started to worry about Batman and figured that since Batman is, seems to be going crazy, he clearly needs a Robin. So Tim Drake, on his own, tracked down Dick Grayson and uh, tried to convince him to become Robin again to save Batman. Dick really didn't want to do that, but agreed to help him as a Nightwing. And this eventually leads uh, Dick, Bruce, and Tim on the path to realize that Tim should be the next Robin. So after a series of trials and errors, including uh, the tragic death of his mother and the near death, o- death of his father and a battle with a scarecrow, Tim is eventually made the, the official third Robin. And what sets Tim apart mainly from the other Robins is that he's not, he's not a full orphan. His father is, uh, is present throughout most of his adventures. Um, he's not an uh, outstanding acrobat like Dick, or he doesn't have any emotional hangups like Jason. He's the closest in terms of a normal kid. Um, he has to go to school, he has to go to high school, he has to maintain a, a love life and a social life. <laughs> he, he mainly relies on his wits and his intelligence. He, is, he, is, he has laudable deductive skills. He's a great detective. And he usually thinks with his head, not his, not his fists. And uh, he's also the very first Robin to not only have three miniseries, but also his, on, on, his own ongoing, which lasted over uh, 180 issues. So he's a very popular Robin. Uh, I think he's the one character who was Robin that many of us are familiar with for a long stretch of time. And um, he's very, very popular for, for very uh, numerous reasons. So without further ado, let's get into one of the most uh, notable Robins in the Robin mythos and talk about Tim Drake.
4: So Tim Drake um you know I'll, I'll just spoil my rating he's my favorite Robin of all time even if <gasps> DC and Dan Didio want to say he was never actually a Robin. Um I Tim Drake to me is will, is and will ever will always be what a Robin should be. Um not only does he do exactly what a Robin needs to do as far as supporting Batman emotionally when he needs to, but also um, being able to be on his own and not necessarily have to be linked specifically to Batman in order to be a Robin. Now, I say that because, for example, Jason Todd never really had his own adventures outside of being partnered with Batman. Dick Grayson, he was partnered with Batman for a good majority of his career as Robin, but then really didn't become a really notable and worthwhile character until he was no longer partnered with Batman. Tim Drake, on the other hand, he was able to not only partner with Batman on obviously multiple occasions, but obviously run or be able to manage a solo series as well as the miniseries um, by himself because he was just that interesting of a character. Um, props go to his creators, because quite honestly, um, they could not have created a a better character to play off the strengths and weaknesses of the previous Robins, and I think they did a great job with that. Um, the the one thing that I do want to say, just because it is necessary to say, um, if we, if we do mention the New 52 origin and... As much as we do not like a lot of the changes that the New 52 has done, I do think it's, we should mention the fact that um, they did change his origin to basically a stuck-up know-it-all who demands to be Robin. And personally, it just took away everything that I enjoyed about the character. So if you're listening to this and you've only read the New 52 version, please do yourself a huge favor and go back and start reading all of the old Tim Drake stuff from yes. starting in the 90s because you're doing yourself a disservice by only thinking that whatever they have done in the current comics with this new 52 stuff is good because you haven't seen anything. So yes. that's all I got.
3: Um, you know, well, apparently I'm not the only one dating Donovan because I guess uh, Dustin is also dating Donovan since he <laughs> Well, since you guys both agree on the top, on your top uh, Robin there, I have mixed feelings about Tim Drake as a Robin. Um, And I think the issue is if I had never read (laughs) When We Place Dying, maybe I wouldn't be in this like tough position. Um, But when he was first introduced, I know people love that story, but I feel like his characterization was like a fanboy. Um, and it it, it's such a it's such a stretch. Like I realize that you. I mean, hey, it's not the Gil Simone row who has this eidetic memory, and that can place you know moves and things like that. Uh, but you know, he takes clippings out, and uh, you know follows along and everything. And he's very similar to Carrie Kelly in the fact that Batman and Robin really inspires him, and and he wants to be like them. So that's sort of a negative thing for me, just because. He wants Robin to get back with uh, Batman, uh, which I think is, you know, that's great. But just kind of this, this kid that pops out of nowhere. I've been following you all along. I know every intimate detail about you. You know, that's a little exaggeration. But uh, it just seems like, well, who is this kid, and does he deserve to be a Robin? Now, I recently, you know, to prepare for this, I've, I've read, you know, Touch and Go, some Tim Drake stories, and i love his interactions with with different characters like stephanie brown and cassandra kane and uh dick when those things happened so i read the uh the the tim drake miniseries that that's got um is his name clyde and clyde um, yeah exactly and uh and lady shiva there and i was really struck with how hesitant tim was about taking up the mantle and this was really powerful in my eyes Uh, you know just really second guessing himself saying do i deserve this am i ready for this and he has gone through so much training already batman himself is ready to say you know it's time to go on patrol with me But he decides that he still needs some time on his own, and he still needs to train and and get ready for that. And I totally respect that character, and I think that this is the type of character that Jason Todd could have been, because I think with more training, not just taking Jason off the street, giving him this costume and saying, let's go out, I think with more training and really uh, getting in that physical and mental and emotional aspect would have made Jason a better character. I love that Tim is every bit as intelligent as Batman, I, I mean, I'm sure it's not equal, but I love that we finally have one that not only has um, sort of a, a smart mouth, because uh, he has fun as well, but he's got his wits about him. And just like in that Robin miniseries, he's a great detective as well. And so I think definitely he's like a, a, a junior Batman, but I love that he still has his father intact, and and uh, Drake, his father, definitely... Uh, has such a huge impact on him, and it really, the first story I must have ever read about Tim, and he's really obliquely related to it, was Identity Crisis, and even though I never, and I love that story, but even though I had never read Tim before that, I was really struck emotionally um, when his father, you know, was shot there, spoiler, Um, so, so that was rough, but I think it's great that they really, cracked open the mold for Robin and created this new Robin character. And he's smart. Uh, He's really dedicated to what he does. He has... Uh, uh, a strong family background and that really influences his life and he has great regard for Batman and I think Batman instead of thinking of him as his own son uh, really respects him almost as an equal um, but I just wish I guess his origin wasn't like that where it's you know I'm this little boy and I remember sitting on Dick Grayson's knee and <laughs> you know <laughs> you need so I, well he does remember there's that they take that picture with him in the at the oh, circus yeah. um, So that sort of taints it a little bit for me. Uh, He's not my top Robin. I guess I'm shocking everyone. There was a bet going that Tim Drake would be my top Robin. I definitely, I think uh, in my heart, I really need to read his whole series. And I think that's certainly a a goal of my life because I think that he's a Robin that we all should really get to know. And um, I mean, he was a He Look at how long his series was. So there's definitely got to be something with that character, and, and I only apologize to, uh, to Don, my beloved, and others that I haven't taken the time out to do that already. Uh,
2: you can add me to the Tim is on the top of my list group here because uh, for, for several reasons beyond the fact that Detective Comics 618 was the second issue of that book that I ever bought. So I came in right as he was becoming Robin, but I... In writing my notes down, I just wrote that he is to me the most fully realized version of this character, and I agree with I agree with you Stella in that in that there is a fanboy almost borderline creepy aspect to his role in a lonely place of dying, yet having read issues between the stuff between a lonely place of dying and when he actually puts in the robin costume he he's He's in there, he's in the background, he pops up, he he helps Batman out and, and I think they did that on purpose to um, get let the audience get to know him, let the audience get to like him and, and feel that like, you know, he like would be perfect in that role after having that training and like, you know, it, it made total sense after that time mainly because, you know, he's not just kind of he didn't put on the Bat, the Robin costume in was it four forty two?
5: But uh, four forty nine was like part four or five of Lonely Place, I think.
2: Yeah, the last place of the, the yeah the last part of Lonely Place, and then all of a sudden he's Robin. In fact, he's he's not, and then and then he has that first moment in the first issue of his own miniseries where he's you're right, he is doubting himself, and I like that self doubt. I like that his, I like that he that that the writers kept at least one of his parents alive. I thought that was something that I, that I always liked about the character, and I like the fact that you're right. You guys are right. He's He's a normal, as normal as a teenage kid as you could be when you're, when you are uh, also Robin, you know, and, and they, they really did that. Uh, The only time, the only downside I have to him was, and maybe this is just my opinion of Jeff Johns, I was not a fan of the way Jeff Johns wrote him in the, in the Teen Titans, because he almost wrote him as like a perpetual straight man to everybody else and maybe maybe i have to go back and read those issues but it seemed like they were always cracking jokes about how serious and secretive he is and i can see that yeah having known that character for so long it, it was almost like he was making him too much of a one-note character mainly because he wanted to focus on characters that he liked more like connor and bart and uh and and what have you but that you know that's just that's just my opinion of it. But, but um, you know, I, I love the fact that he's, for the same reasons, he he is a smart character. He's he's very tough. He could hold his own in his own book, and I think that's important for the for the character of Robin in this day and age to be an effective character uh, as a sidekick. Because there, you know, there have been other versions of other sidekicks that ha- that are that are good, but don't have the. Um, don't have that weight on them and don't really carry the weight as as well. So,
6: there you go. I definitely like his arc as a character. I like that Batman doesn't accept him at first and you know he's still getting over the death of of Jason and I I like that Tim doesn't go there to become Robin and he doesn't he, you know, he's very modest and I, I I definitely like that about him. I also agree that because I I never really bought the I, I understand why, but I never really bought the idea that, you know, we're putting a kid's sidekick so that he's more relatable. Because, I I mean, I, if I read a Batman comic, I'm not going, oh, yeah, I'd love to be Robin. <laughs> so, but, I mean, I, I get that. And for some people, you know, maybe that's or it's the relatability. But I think that out of all the Robins, uh, Tim is definitely the most relatable, even for me, you know, coming from a completely different country and, and background, he's still the most relatable because of his, you know, his home life and and his school life and everything. So I like that. I definitely like that aspect about him. I haven't read as nearly as much of Tim as I'd like to, uh, like, still, I'm really hoping to read more of his series. So I've only really read him in uh, major crossovers and stuff like, uh, you know, Nightfall and big stories like that, where I've gone back intentionally to read big stories and he's been in there and played a big role and I like I do like his role a lot in them. Uh similarly in uh Morrison's one, he's in there as Robin, especially in the beginning in his role in uh things like Battle of the Cows and uh I-, I like his role although he's sort of not being phased out but he's not playing a role as Robin as much in those series because the focus isn't on him as much. But he's still there and he's still a strong character, so Uh I, I do like, I liked him Drake as well. I think he's an effective Robin and um, whilst I don't think it's necessary for him to have his own um, stories and, and his uh, at least going out on patrol on his own, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think for the age that he is, I, I think it works, whereas the other Robins, they're a lot younger generally and you don't see that side of them as much, so I, I, even that I, I like a lot as well.
1: Yeah, like you guys, um, yeah, I think he's he's the one that I personally most relate to and identify the most as, as Robin. Um, and I think that really, to me, is what makes a Robin a Robin, is whether you can identify with them and whether you see yourself in those characters. And I think ultimately that's what comes down to everybody's favorite Robin and that's why Tim's mind because I do identify with him and I do kind of slightly see myself in his character which and it's in almost every story as well which I think is interesting so it's not always necessarily down to the writing maybe it's it's partly me bringing my own stuff to him and and that's why I, I like him. I think his arc as as well has always been very interesting. He is, to me, the one who's most like Bruce. He starts out not being like Bruce but in the end really culminating in the the end of Red Robin. He, he you know, you see his the conflicts that he's having and there's they're very, very similar conflicts to to what bruce has and really i think that's why they're, they're such a good pair together because they understand each other and they really know what each other's going through and how to deal with it in a way that to me i don't think dick grayson or jason todd really ever had with with the character. Whilst Dick Grayson had the, the same story, you know, the same origin story as Bruce, or a very similar one, he never becomes Bruce or become wants to become Batman. Whereas I think Tim ultimately would would like to become Batman, and we see that in in Batman art, um, the Battle for the Cow, where he puts on the Batman suit and goes out, and yeah, admittedly, he makes a terrible Batman, but you know he's it's what he kind of wants to do and he does what is needed to be done in his in his eyes in the same way that Bruce does and i think that makes a very interesting dynamic and a very interesting character
7: um my thoughts about mr drake <laughs> i think he was the closest thing and probably on purpose to being more of an intellectual equal to batman than the other robins uh, Tim's stories always seem, to me at least, to focus on the mental aspect of things, thinking things through, and his detective work. Which, the other Robins always had times where they would solve a crime or something like that, but this was the first character where someone was put kind of on a pedestal with Bruce as as a detective. Um, the fact that Tim carried his own solo title for, what, 20 years almost? By the time it started, till the end of the Red Robin series, is you know his ability to carry his own solo series is probably the reason we have... Nightwing, Red Hood and the Outlaw, all these multiple type of Robin stories going on right now. I don't have a lot to add, except that Tim was a very good Robin. I also much prefer his pre-new 52 reboot version. But other than that, I don't have a lot to add about Tim.
5: Well, I hate Tim Drake, and I don't want to talk about him, so move on. Um, Okay, (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. The first story I ever read with Tim Drake, where I knew it was Tim Drake, because when I was a kid... (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference between the original costume and Tim Drake's costume because I was stupid. Uh, was there was that issue of Nightfall where Bane kidnaps him and like Bane ends up fighting Killer Croc and Tim's trying to untie himself. And like there's a, there's a scene later on where he's like you know like calm down Tim he thinks to himself I'm like who's Tim I thought this was Dick Grayson. But um that sort of like kind of put me on the on the path to like, start reading a series because I think a series is really it's really um open to kids who are younger as well as kids who are older because it's not really written down for kids but it's written at a sort of um, tone to where it kind of brings you into this dark Batman world in a very sort of like relatable light. I think Tim Drake, I think he may have said before that like is the most like grounded and normal of the Robins, at least in terms of like the male uh, mainstream Robins. I think now his legacy, now that he's red Robin has sort of been like, you know, the, the smart detective Robin. And that's true. I think that the new 52 is really, really flanderized that to the point where it's over, over the top and, not at all like the character. I mean, he's smart, but he's not a genius. And I think if he is, like, smarter than most, that he kind of worked at it. I mean, because he has a long history ahead of him, or in, in the back of him, I should say. Um, the appeal of, of Tim Drake to me is that, like, he's the one character that feels the most like he's real to me. He feels like a real person who, at first, yeah, Stella's right in that he was a total fanboy in Lonely Place of Dying. And I think that I wouldn't blame somebody who doesn't like that kind of character. Um, I would not say he was a uh, Mary Sue exactly, but he's sort of like, you know, he was written to be like us. Like he wanted Batman and Robin to reunite. He was basically like, like, the, like the readers writing in. But once he became Robin, he kind of shifted to this totally dif- different idea of a character who had a lot of weight on his shoulders and tried to carry the role as best he could while still maintaining, you know, a bright outlook on things. But he's, he's, he's sort of like in the middle. He's not bright, but he's not dark. He's young, but he's, you know, he's smarter than most kids his age. You know, but he, he makes his own mistakes, and he, you know he gives into his anger at times. And to me, that feels very relatable and very—I have a lot of fun reading his old, his older, uh, his original series. Much of that is due to Chuck Dixon and how great he developed the character. But just there's a general—I mean, I like reading him in Backer, I like reading him in Young Justice, I like reading him in Detective Comics and Batman. And he's just—he's the one character out of most of the Batman family who I really always find myself rooting for. And. um I love his costume. I wish, I wish his costume was his main costume. I think his uh, one year later costume sort of like supplanted him as, you know, when he was Robin, which is a shame. Um, I remember Tom mentioned that on, on Taking Flight, and I agree. But like, I, I don't want to go on too much because it'll just be gushing. But like, Tim Drake to me is just like the one character that you can always kind of look forward to as a character you can like as opposed to a Robin you're reading about. And I think that's important in, you know, characterization in general. So, plus his, his relationship with Dick is. Really fun to read, so um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a keeper for me. I, I really enjoy him, like most of us too. Um, so that was uh, Tim, who was one of the longest running Robins uh, af- after uh, Dick Grayson. And from one of the longest running Robins to the least longest running Robin, <laughs> uh, is somebody who knows him and loves him very, very much.
4: I was told Steakouts had donuts.
5: Any
3: sign of him yet?
4: Nope nothing just an empty street i'm
0: cold i don't have any donuts and i'm rapidly getting over this assignment
3: we both know that suit's insulated so stop your gapping no
0: shortcuts
5: stephanie brown remember her yeah she was around once the daughter of arthur brown aka the clue master stephanie brown first crossed paths with batman and robin as the vigilante spoiler Purposefully interfering with her father's plots in hopes of getting him locked up for life, her young age naturally meant for Robin, who was Tim, to get involved and try to lead her away from the life of crime. Over time, Spoiler t- grew to be attracted to both fighting crime and attracted to Robin. Eventually, leading Tim away from his girlfriend Ariana and beginning a relationship with him. Just before she became pregnant, during a fling- with a through a fling during the Gotham City earthquake, Tim's love for Stephanie helped her weather through the birth and giving up of the child, and she remained at Tim's side for years. When Tim quit being Robin due to his father learning his identity, Batman placed him with Stephanie. Steph was eager to be as every bit as good of the role as, uh, as Tim, if not better, and throughout her short tenure encountered the Teen Titans. In a battle with the assassin Scarab, Stephanie was ordered to stay in the Batplane while Batman fought Scarab alone. Thinking him to be in danger, she abandoned her post to assist, but ended up being used as a bargaining tool for Scarab to make her escape not trifling with the rules he instructed her. Batman fires Stephanie on the spot, forbidding her to be the spoiler as well once again. So that's pretty much her biography as Robin. She was really Robin for three months, not a week, like Danadio says. So there's not much to talk about her, but it's a contention in the fan base that she was a Robin and should be counted. When she was presumed Mm -hmm. dead, a lot of people Mm -hmm. really were upset that uh, (coughs) she she didn't have a uh, glass case in Batcave. So... I, I suppose some of this is how you kind of take the character, whether she should have been a Robin or whether she was worthwhile in the role, um, and what are your general thoughts on her. And um, we'll start off with Dustin. So I think that
4: as far as Stephanie Brown as a Robin, I, I'm I'm just going to say this: she she was a very sh- it was a very short amount of time, but she was a Robin nonetheless. Um, th- her role as her, her importance as a Robin is, in my opinion, not very important. I think her role as spoiler is much more important. So when she died, it's not as if they should have had a case with her Robin costume in it. They should have had a case with her spoiler costume because that was the role that defined her. Um, and I think I, I, I imagine there's not many people who would disagree with that statement because I don't think that we would need to see, you know, her in her or her, her, her Robin costume in the ca- in the cave in a memorial case. But nonetheless, I think that. Um, the character herself is an important character, but her time as Robin was just, you know, a, a very short story that someone wanted to explore, and that was it.
3: Oh, Stephanie. Um, I don't think Stephanie was a Robin. So she had, she wore the, (laughs) sorry, she wore the costume for 50 days, basically. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Because she was in that, she was writing the journal, and I think like 49 was sort of that last day. She wore the costume for 50 days. Uh, in, In my opinion, I think she was, you could either say that she was Steph Brown that time or she was spoiler. Um, and she worked her butt off. So I, I do... And I love Stephanie, people. Please, please do not hate me for this. I love <laughs> Stephanie. But uh, I, I don't think that she was Robin. The bad thing... The unfortunate thing for the character is that Batman was basically spoiled. Uh, I, hey! Uh, Batman was spoiled by, uh, by Tim. You know, you've got this, like, great Robin. And then he decides that... Um, He's going to be sort of the dutiful son, and he's not going to put his life in danger anymore and worry his father's sick. And so he he goes off. and And so, I mean, if you read those three issues, Batman the entire time is comparing her to Tim, saying, you know, Tim could do pull-ups with more weight than that. You think holding a handstand for two hours is a lot? Tim could be, I mean, it's like Tim this, Tim that. It's, it's so terrible, um, and just, I mean, gosh, I can't believe she lasted that long. And perhaps it was, you know, the... Uh, like reverse psychology, trying to really get her to to be this this uh, great character, um, and she, I mean, she pushes through and everything. So hats off to her. But I don't think he ever had it in his mind or in his heart to ever let her have that mantle. I I think that. I don't know what his reasons were for, like, having her or going along with that for whatever time. But I, in his heart and mind, I don't think so. And when you see her running around, she doesn't really run around, I think, like a Robin normally does. Um, like, I, I think it's just Stephanie. Like, I just see through the mask completely. And I, you know, I can't wait for um, the row discussion. And it's going to be really hard on my heart to go through some of the row stuff. But that's when the character really came into her own. Was when she was Batgirl. Um, so, gosh, yeah, I, I, I don't think you know she wore the costume, but I, I don't think she was, she was ever Robin. But it's, it's sad that you know she's gone from the, the DC universe as it stands now.
2: The the vigilante temp service that Batman used to hire her made him pay her the full. Yeah. God, <laughs> you made him sound like. Made her sound like she was a rebound.
3: Um, <laughs> I mean, th- th- that's kind of what it is, though.
2: No, I I agree with you. I was just sitting there thinking, wow, she is a rebound. Um, I you know I I I always liked her more as the spoiler, and and then having read some of her Batgirl stuff, um, like her more in that role. I I do think that she I would counter him on this list just so that we could discuss her. Um, but I feel that like her being Robin was more of a plot device than it was actually putting somebody new in the role. So I don't have a whole heck of a lot. But I I, I do like how fun of a character she is in whatever she whatever costume she has on. I've always liked her. Um, whether she's spoiler Robin or, or, or bad girl, because she's she's fun, she's resourceful, she's pretty smart and she's uh, she also is, is very tough and maybe a little too impulsive, or what have you. It's almost like she took, has a little bit of Jason and a little bit of of, of Tim in her, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, in her personality. And I think, uh, I think that very, very more works. But, you know, I can... She could have never been Robin, and I was still have liked the character.
6: I, I think I find her enjoyable as Robin, and I think she adds something to the Robin character, but not to the Robin legacy. So when she's... Now that she's not been a Robin anymore, I don't think that we've lost some great part of Robin or Batman's history. Um, like I said, I liked her in the role, and I thought she was fun. And like Tom was saying, I think that she is fun in whatever role she's in. I think she peeks at Batgirl. Um, but, yeah. As much as I, I liked her in the role, I, I you know if they'd made more issues with her, more stories, and maybe one's more specific to her than... And then just having her in is almost just like a, here, look, we've got a girl Robin. Check this out. Because, I mean, you know, it's on the front car and everything. So catch people's attention. But uh, I liked it in the role. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed that she's not counted as a Robin now. I'm more disappointed that she's not in the new 52. But I'm yeah. disappointed that she's not been a Robin. But... Uh, that's more just me wanting all the continuity to be the same than it is, you know, that she added some great thing. I think the worst part about her being uh, Robin was similar to what Stella was saying earlier, and I I found this with a lot of the Robins in that they all kind of can disagree with Batman and 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 get away with it, uh, apart from Jason, you know, who's always getting shouted down for disagreeing with Batman, and then Steph just out and now out gets fired straight away.
1: I agree with Joe. I think, um, you know, we can count her as a Robin. She's worn the costume um, and and that definitely makes her a Robin. But like he says, she doesn't really add anything to the legacy. She does, uh, as Dylan Thomas said, all her growth in Batgirl and a spoiler. And I think that that's where you could definitely count her as, as a major major character
7: yeah i um I, I kind of agree i mean her time was so short that you know just as robin we don't get to see a lot with her i did think the story they did with her in detective comics where she, where her and batman go after oh, yeah. Zaz, i think that's actually the coolest part i know there's a three part in robin itself but the detective comic story actually feels like she is an actual robin in that story um so that you know i, I thought that story was was pretty cool and a good one-shot story but uh yeah, she was she was cool, but just not a whole lot to add due to the short amount of time she was in the role.
5: Yeah, it it's hard because she really is limited by the 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 short time she was in as being Robin, um, and that just kind of truncates whatever you can possibly say about her. I was reading her, um, I was reading her appearances in the Robin main the main series, the main Robin series, uh, the other night, and what struck me struck me the most is that she's kind of like Dick Grayson in that. There's really not a difference in personality between Dick Grayson and Robin or Dick Grayson and Nightwing. And I think that Stephanie shares a lot of the same um, – I think she shares a lot of the same attributes or uh, aspects of that. I think the difference between her and Dick is that she doesn't really have the raw talent and skills to sort of back that up or sort of like, you know, to sort of go along with it. I mean she was trained enough. Um, I mean – it's a shame because I I wish she was given more time in the role because it was a plot point. It was basically you know to give fans hope for her future before they kill her off brutally. Um, I liked I liked her interaction with um, Batgirl because she and Batgirl were already or Cassandra Cain Batgirl she and Batgirl were already friends, and so I think I thought both Batgirl and Robin as a, as Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Cain really made a nice uh, team. I really do, and I think that um, I think she's she might she, she's possibly the, the cheeriest Robin if we could compare that, uh, even more so than Dick Grayson in the role. Because she's always, I mean, maybe it's because of her big blonde hair, but, I don't know, she was always going to bounce around yelling things, like, okay, Batman, and that could be annoying, but, um, it's a shame, because I don't, I don't think she was actually all that particularly bad, I felt that Batman fired her, I don't know what was going on Batman's head, Bill Willingham's Robin run, I don't really like, but, um, it seemed to me that Batman was really kind of, like, trying to uh, replace him, but eventually got to the point where he couldn't really mess with her anymore, because, honestly, it was, I think it was a good thing. If she was going to be disobedient at her skill level, she really couldn't be with uh, him for long. Because he had trained Dick and Jason for like six months to a year. And Tim had all his, his long-time training. I think her disobeying Batman at the stage she was at was probably uh, too dangerous. So i probably agree with him to fire her. Although it's a damn shame. But I'm kind of with Joe in that like, while she may not have added much to the legacy, she was a fun character as Robin to read about, that I, that I thought. Plus, in general, it was a really interesting story. Um, So, I I do wish she was Robin for a little longer. Although, I like Tim as Robin better, so it kind of detracted from that. But, um, I have nothing but good things to say about it, despite the fact, you know, the only bad thing is that it was sort of short. Uh, And speaking of short, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) the shortest Robin ever, uh, in terms of height. Uh, The final Robin, currently, that we'll be talking about today, at least in this space and time, who knows how many Robins will be in the future, but, um... The most recent Robin to to fill the the mask is none other than Bruce Wayne's own son, Damian Wayne. Okay, so this episode... This episode, unfortunately, is a memorial episode because um, Damian uh, has now passed on due to uh, events in Batman, Inc. But um, he was Robin. He's been Robin since 2009. So that gives him about four years in in the role. Shorter than most, but longer than some. And um, he was a really notable Robin in that he was... Really different from any other Robin that has, that has come before him. For one thing, he's Batman's son. Uh, he's the son of Batman and Talia. Sort of squeaked out of continuity uh, by a, a story set in the 70s that was recently brought into continuity by Grant Morrison back in 2006. Uh, Damien, well, was first introduced, uh, Talia basically kidnaps Batman and says, hey, we have a son, check it out. So Batman, feeling responsible, as he should, takes Damien back to the Batcave and you know, wants to bring him up and say, hell, teach you how to fight crime. But since Damien has an upbringing uh, through the League of Assassins, he's extremely uh, disagreeable. Um, He wants to fight Batman, he wants to replace Tim, so much so that he beats him up and steals Jason Todd's costume. And um, for months and months, or at least a couple of years, he is basically the sort of anti-Robin. It's not until the events of Batman R.I.P. and Final Crisis where uh, Tim Drake, who thought that Bruce was alive, decided to, to travel the world to figure out where he was as Red Robin. And uh, Dick decided to bring in Damien and train him as Robin. So by that time, Damien was the official Robin. Eventually, Bruce returned, and uh, Damien would work with Bruce once Dick became Nightwing again. And that was explored through Pete Tomasi's Batman and Robin run, uh, which developed Damien a lot. And essentially, Damien is known as as the—if Jason was known as the angry Robin who died, Damien is sort of like the violent Robin— who could have, who could very well have been evil um he also had an alternate storyline where he may have eventually grew up to be batman although we'll see how that turns out and um he was sort of a ball of fire he kind of divided fans i think even more so than jason some really loved him and others really didn't like him but uh who cares what they think we're going to be talking about him now so the fifth robin and the um the most recent robin damian wayne what do we think about him
4: Damian Wayne, he's a character that I think most will agree uh, we we had to grow to appreciate and even in some cases love because this character, when he first was introduced, he was basically, there's no real other way to put it, he was a douchebag. You just watch. And the thing is that by basically Batman took him in knowing that he was rough, and he was, you know, because he was under the tutelage of Talia for his entire life, he was going to basically be met with a very, very hard, um, test. He was going to be, he was basically going to be tested to see whether or not he could actually, you know, not, I I don't know that I would say control, but figure out a way to convert maybe Damien over to the side that Batman's on and not the side that Talia, uh, basically raised him to be in, and I think that the character, for the longest time, we all hated the character. He was a character that everyone was just, he was like the anti-Robin as far as basically being the exact opposite of what you would want Robin to be. He was basically a Robin only because he was the son of Batman, um, and, or son of Bruce Wayne, and in turn, he just kind of took over the role shoved Tim to the side and basically told everybody else, you're a piece of crap and I'm better than you even though I'm only 10 years old. And nobody liked the character. And then basically time progressed and slowly from the stint that Bruce Wayne was no longer in this time period and he was back in time trying to travel his way back and Damien teamed up with Dick Grayson, we slowly started to enjoy the character more and more and more. Uh, fast forward Bruce Wayne comes back, and basically we see the growing pains between the father and son um, that we really didn't ex- that really wasn't explored that much during uh, the first introduction of Damien because everything with Batman jumping through time uh, happened very almost within you know a very short period of time from the time that he was first introduced to Damien. So there wasn't, there was a growing pains between the trust issues and things like that. And honestly, Peter Tomasi, he really took the character and really gave the character, brought that character to more of the lovable status as far as like being a character that we could actually appreciate, which I think in my mind, did Grant Morrison even, did Grant Morrison a huge favor by actually doing that because... Grant Morrison ultimately kills uh, Damien, who he created in continuity, but at the same point, Peter Tomasi was the guy who basically made this character appreciated by fans instead of just being the douche that Grant Morrison created. So <laughs> I think that uh, this was a good character. Um who knows whether or not he'll stay dead. My bet is that he's not going to stay dead. Even He might stay dead for a couple years or so, but I'm sure at some point he will be back.
3: I can't believe I'm going to say this right now, uh, but this is my favorite Robin. And, um, yes, I know.
4: It's all and, about timing.
3: Um, it's all about timing. It's, um... I mean, Donovan can attest like how, like, I w- I've been an emotional wreck this entire week and uh, it all is because, like, my stupid coworker told me, did you, did the news? CNN said that Red Robin's gonna die and I'm like, is it Red Robin? Do you mean Red Robin? Like, grasping for straws? He's like, no, Robin, I don't know. People don't know like, where I work. Whatever. But, uh, you know, I come home after, like, working out and, like, I'm thinking to myself, I'll be okay. Well, of course, I Google searched it after that, and I saw that it was going to be Damien. So I come home, and, you know, after my workout and kind of getting ready, and I say to myself in the kitchen... I'd be okay if Tim Drake died, but I don't know what I'm going to do now that Damien's dying. And this was like, well, my world literally, like, went, <laughs> like, capsized uh, from this revelation. I think if this hadn't happened, I don't know if, like, it ever would have been pulled out of my heart. And, and I think my, <clears throat> I, I guess Dick would have been my my top Robin here. Um I was among those people that uh, said, you know, this is, what a jerk, what a jerk. I mean, even with his, like, wanting to kill Stephanie, and I remember that scene where, like, they're, they're eating in the cave after, you know, they've really had it out. And, of course, you know, Dick was a bit of a jerk as well because um, he was making her run through the gamut to see if she could prove herself as Baccarol because he didn't accept her at first so everyone's got their, their jerkish moments, but I remember, um, Alfred saying, don't worry, Miss Brown, you will, uh, you know, I took all of his knives away, and he said, you know, only the knives you know about, Alfred, um, so, I mean, that's the one that we, we like, closely associate with, um, and I, I really like to think that part of, a, a lot of the character has really grown in this Tamazi run for sure. But I think a lot, some of that growth certainly came from uh, the Batgirl run because Batgirl was able to really take him out of this, like, assassin mode and show him what is it like to be a kid again. And, you know, you saw her taking him to the the bounce house and of course he's like why why the devil are you making me do this oh but you know just pulling him out of that uh which i think is great um why do I love him so much now? It's so weird. We saw all this angsty stuff and and me being the female on the podcast was the one that was really sticking with it and saying, you know, this is realistic. This makes sense. I I, I like how this is going. And, you know, going right back to the beginning, the top of the hour or or two hours, I guess, of this podcast, I said that, you know, who Robin is, Robin makes Batman grow. And I think the best Robin is going to grow as... He makes Batman grow. And I think no other Bat no other Robin attests to that more than this Robin. Because Batman had his issues as well with the son. Like I have a son. I didn't know about this. I can't really open up to him. He's like a biological son. I've had all these other people and I've lost them. Can't really do it. But he's like really pushed him and it's something that I feel like we've never seen before and it it all came down I think to nobody because he was not telling Damien anything about who this was. He was just pushing him away the entire time and then all of a sudden he started making that tape and really relating all this information and I think because of that Batman has become more open uh, with certain people of the team. I mean, it's touch and go, whether that happens or not. But I think he's also become a more loving person than we've seen before. I I think that he's really, he's an altogether different Batman, in my opinion. And I think that Damien is the reason why this has happened. I also really respect Damien because he is fighting so hard against his blood, against his nature, his upbringing. And, I mean, as, you know, I'm I'm just going to throw this out here. I know that some people are going to be turned off by this. But as a Christian, like, I, I am constantly, like, fighting against, like, The desires that I want and and what I know to be right and and it's such a fight, it's so tough and so I can so I so, uh, I just respect the character that you know he has this assassin upbringing he wants to kill but he loves his father so much more and that's just, uh, I'm kind of getting emotional here but it's just, it's the power of love honestly because he loves his father so much that he wants to do anything uh, to be seen as, as good in his eyes and even in that last, that dream issue that we saw in Batman and Robin, I guess it was the annual, no, it was the last issue that we read, um, you know, having Talia in the in the water and saying, you know, I may be an Al Ghul, uh, but I am more of a Wayne, and, and choosing that side of him, and... Um, I, I really am heartbroken that he's dead. I don't know if dead is dead right now. Um, I'm afraid that something awful is going to happen. Like, if they throw him into a Lazarus pit, he's going to come back a completely different character. And I guess I shouldn't get into that, but he's my top Robin. And he's still, you know, he's still sort of a a twerp. Um, you know, he does these things that, that all kids do, but... My gosh! I mean, just look at how much he's grown. And I, I heard chuckles about the power of love, but but you really have to. I mean, seriously though, that really is what it is. And I'm so thankful for Tomazi for for bringing that character around. And um, we'll see what the future brings. But I, I hope they bring the character back. And just seeing Batman Inc. it was it was a really rough read for me, just seeing that go through. But uh, thank you, thank you to Damien, even though he's a fictional character, um, and he's he's my top Robin.
2: <laughs> See, now I'm listening to the two you guys, I'm like, I think I need to go back and read more of this character, because Damien, <laughs> Damien was at the bottom of my list, and a lot of it has to do with Grant Morrison, <laughs> And I think I was just affected by the fact that when Final Crisis was out and Batman R.I.P., which I read loosely, I kind of turned around and went, like, I actually, that kind of made me walk away from comics for a little while because I was just getting so frustrated. I think it was just I was just tired, and um, and so when I came back and the few appearances of Damien I had read, I just didn't like the character, but a- listening to the two of you guys so far, um, I'm going to start hunting down some trades because... I, you're kind of selling me on him, even though I was like, yeah, this kid's a little punk ass torp. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you little, you know, I'm trying not to curse. Um, but basically, uh, because, because it could be an interesting na- dynamic. I had read a few of the, few of the stories here and there where he was Robin when Dick was Batman. I thought the dynamic was really good because I like, because. It was almost like it had flipped. Dick was a little bit of a a lighter. He wasn't like lighthearted Batman, but he was, you know. Where Batman's usually the serious one, and Robin's usually the light one. It, it seemed a little bit a little bit more reversed than than usual. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back, and I'm gonna reread this, and 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 so you guys, uh, you definitely stated your case, and and I think I think uh, yeah. Uh, i i think my opinion might change see me in a in a few months i'll let you know
6: i love damien and <laughs> i know you shouldn't normally say that about 10 year old boys but I don't <laughs> um i like a lot damien was the first robin that i read um i came into comics in the middle of grant's story the sound like i know him in the middle of morrison's story and at first i mean i I didn't know what was going on, so I picked up Batman R.I.P. At the end of that, it goes, I'm Batman's son. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I go, I go back, read more issues, go forward to uh, Batman and Robin, read him, and I don't like the character mm-hmm. at all. I think he's, he's rude, he's arrogant, he's, he's beating up other Robin, he's beating up to him, he's, he's not listening to Batman, and then over the course of his, his story, he's grown into such a great character. Um, he's he's still he's different from the other Robins because yeah he's Batman's son and uh, he, he's different from Batman. He's I he's Batman's son. He's like there was that dynamic of when he's with Dick and and he's like the slightly darker and Tim's lighter, but it, it's different to Jason because he he still restrains himself for the most part at least and um, sure he go he goes out of line sometimes but he always brings it back and i I love that he has that closer in a way he has a closer relationship to dick than he does his father because of uh the events after final crisis but then he's still always trying to please his father and that's why i was so disappointed when new 52 came around and and he was being written so differently like back to how i didn't like him when he's just being written as really uh standoffish and he just you know deliberately goes against everything that's said and argues all the time and then once again we've he's been written up to that point where you know he all he wants to do is please his father and be the best robin that he could and now he's gone (laughs) but uh which you know bitterly disappointing but i think that he's an amazing character and uh i mean to know that he was going to just be killed off after a four or six issue story with uh with graham morrison just writing you know plucking that that son of the demon story out of you know even out of non-continuity bringing it in and then you know him liking him so much that he keeps the character going to the point where he is now i i think is a testament to the character that the the writer is so uh pleased with the way that he's going that you know he wants to keep him and he's uh, so many people like dislike the character, and he's grown into such a popular character. So, I, I think he's a fantastic Robin. Um, like the, I believe it's the Fujis
1: that said it best. Um, that Stella was uh, strumming her pain, my pain, with her <laughs> fingers, singing. My life with her work.
5: Killing (laughs) me softly with his thoughts.
1: Exactly. I I I couldn't express um my reaction to Damien um, death and, and how I feel about Damien and it better than Stella said it. So I'm I'm not gonna bother. Um but I will say um that I think I don't think he'll be dead um for that long. Or hopefully not, because I I I desperately hold uh Issue six six six, in continuity, and that says that Damien makes a pact with the devil. And frankly, the best way to make a pact with the devil is to die. So I, I hope he's coming back.
7: Um, my parents always told me to don't say anything bad about the dead. So I am just gonna say that uh, I do like Damien. By the way, this is a bit of a joke more than anything else. Um, I do think he worked a lot better with. Uh, with Dick Grayson, though, to be totally honest with you. I don't think he worked as well with Bruce. Uh, I think I couldn't co-sign any harder on something that Dustin said, that Peter Tomasi really made him a much, much more likable character. If Damien had got killed off three or four years ago, just think, would anybody really be having this reaction to him? The answer is no. So that's all i got to say about Damien.
5: You know, it's interesting because... Uh, like, kind of like Jason Todd there were sort of multiple Damians uh, before he became Robin in Morrison's Batman run he was sort of like you know just like another he was sort of like a foil like a side character who wasn't really into the, the main story as much but once Batman and Robin started and people were focusing on him more it's sort of like I remember when Batman and Robin started people were like oh no why did they have to make Damian Robin personally I never ever ever hated or even really disliked the character uh, at the same time, I don't have the great love for him that uh, Stella and Joe and John do. That's not to say that I don't just that I don't like him, but it seems that, it seems that Damien kind of like got to uh, their souls in a way that um, I'm not sure. I don't know what it is, but like I wish I could kind of like really be as affected. I mean, maybe it's because he's been around for kind of a short time. And he's only been robbing for like three or four years. But uh, there's a lot of good with Damien. I I will say I do really like his character. The, the son of Batman who starts off being bad but eventually works his way to being good. I, I like the, the, the aspect of his development that Dick Grayson really got him to start enjoying, you know, crime fighting on a more traditional level to stop killing people. Um but the Tomasi run really is like one of my favorite new 52 titles because it's so emotional. And I was hoping so much when Bruce was Batman again that he and Damien would work together. And I'm getting my money's worth each and every time for that title. Um, it's interesting because Damien is really like the real kid Robin that, that has existed. I mean, you can debate pre-crisis whenever you want, but like he's really like the only like you know non-teenage little boy Robin that's running around. But it's totally justified because he's an assassin. and Or he's trained to be but, trained by ninjas. And maybe I think that that adds that th- I think that gives uh, his bad attitude a lot of uh, you know it, it kind of excuses it. But like his development really makes the character a lot like Tim Drake. I think that his relationship with Bruce and Bruce and Dick are fun. I think that uh, his relationship with Tim is funny. I, I like the fact that Tim has sort of a, a younger brother that he doesn't really like. But just for Damien himself, I like the idea that especially the last the last year of Batman and Robin with like you know, the annual. And him saying, like, you know, I'm Batman and I hate kids. And, like, he's a funny character, mostly. I mean, I think I, f- I found a lot of fun with him more than, you know, just, like, taking him or, dis- or disliking him. Um. I'm not going to talk about his death as much as, as we will, uh, as, as, as I might have on the comic cast. But um, I, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really good character, and I feel bad because I think that he... He's not just a creation of Grant Morrison. He's a fixed part of Batman's universe now, and I think that he's a worthy really addition. He's not somebody who could, you know, you could take or leave. I think he really works well in the whole Bat family, and it's a shame. It's a shame to have seen him gone, but um, and I am going to miss him. He's not. He's not my least favorite Robin, but he's not my favorite Robin. But I think that when he was here, he really did add uh, a much-needed spark to the books, which which haven't been. he had kind of an edge that the books didn't have for a few years I think that uh, he really made a good impact on uh, his time here
2: good job kid you think you're going to stick with it?
3: yep Gotham needs a Batman and Batman needs a Robin
0: young Damien rose above great tragedy and proved that his father lived on through him He accepted his place as heir to the cowl.
5: Well, without further ado, let's let's give our ratings.
4: My number six, I am going to put Stephanie, just because um, her role as Robin is there. Were, it was such a little time, and it really did nothing for the character. That's not anything against Stephanie herself. It's more of the actual her ranking as a Robin, I believe her ranking as a Robin is is number six. Number five, I'm going to put Carrie Kelly, specifically because Carrie Kelly, um, even though she, in my mind, is a very memorable character for her role in Dark Knight Returns, it is still a very small role um, in a miniseries, and she hasn't really carried into current continuity in any way, shape, or form. My number four, I'm actually going to put... um, Jason Todd, my number, my number four. I'm actually going to put Jason Todd uh, specifically, just because I don't really he, his his time as a Robin, um, as as much as it adds to his mythos and his eventual um, growing up and becoming Red Hood. I don't think that his time as a Robin was that great. Uh, my number three spot is going to go to Dick Grayson, because even though he is the original, I think that as a single character, uh, when he went out on his own as a solo character, I should say, when he went out on his own, that's really when he did, and that really doesn't play into the name Robin and him as Robin. My number two spot I'm going to give Damien, because I think the character in general has given a something that has never really been explored with any of the other Robins, um, despite the fact that Bruce has adopted numerous of these other Robins, I think that Damien added something, especially with the father-son relationship, that was never really explored before. My number one spot goes to Tim Drake because I still, to this day, will always feel as Tim Drake was the <laughs> epitome of what a Robin should be as far as because he is the epitome of what a Robin should be as far as uh, giving Batman that emotional support but also being a character that can hold true on his as a solo character while still being a team player with Batman still being a team player with Batman.
3: Okay, so Okay. Uh my number six is gonna be Stephanie. Um and I love Stephanie. I think I'm going to get some haters now saying that I I don't think she was ever Robin, but I think that um, more than just putting on a costume has to make the character, and I think that's, I guess, a discussion for another time, but, you know, could I put on something and go around and say that I'm, you know, I'm Batman? I I, I don't know if I could do that, Uh, but I, I think she doesn't get a fair shake. I don't think Batman, I think it was kind of cruel of Batman, to be honest. Uh, I just don't think he ever intended having her as, as Robin. And to basically, again, it comes down to this disobeying thing, but she doesn't do it vindictively. She's, like, really worried for her mentor, and she goes to help him. And, and I just don't understand, you know. I understand they're putting their life in danger, but they're trying to help you. Why can't you get past it? But, hey, she was fired. Uh, Jason and Carrie Kelly, very close, but I'm going to put Jason number five. Um, I, I also think he gets kind of a, a bad a bad rap. Um I, I think he's a pretty cool red hood character, not currently in the 52, but I think he definitely had an awesome re-entrance into comics with under the red hood for sure. And he's basically Batman with, with no holds bar, you know. Um I mean his his ideology makes sense. If why are you gonna there's this revolving door in Arkham, Batman, why are you gonna Basically, take Joker, put him in there. He's just going to come out again. Why not get rid of him? It does make sense. He's just a bit too hardball, um, and not the you know not the best Robin. But I think he just follows just like Stephanie. He follows an awesome Robin, Dick Grayson, and I, I don't think he got as much training as he should have. Um, just like Tim. He had so much train. I think if he had more, um, that he would have been a better Robin. Carrie Kelly, I I think she's a fun character. Again, I don't really understand why Batman takes her in so quickly. But once she's in there, I think that she's fun. And she's definitely like a Stephanie Brown for me. Um, Just not only thinking of it as a duty, but definitely having fun with it as well and, and enjoying helping people and helping Gotham City. So she's good. Ah, Tim and Dick, this is this is a tough one as well. They're pretty close for me, but I'm going to put Tim as number three. And the main reason is more my ignorance, I think, just not having as much experience with the character. And like I said, his his really coming into comics... Uh, with uh, lonely place, kind of tore down the character a little bit for me, just you know seeing him in that manner. but I definitely you know if if there's anyone else out there that um, is looking to get into Tim. Tim Drake reading, I, I definitely suggest maybe not looking at when we place until after you actually get sort of the heart of the character because there is so much to explore there. Uh, just like Ed said, you know, definitely a mental uh equal to Batman. And I just love how dedicated he is to training and really being ready to take on the role of Robin before um, doing it. Dick, I I think just because, I mean, he's the original, you know, and and I love, and I'm, I guess, most experienced with him just because I've read him so many times side by side with Babs, and I, I love that even though he's in the Robin costume. But he's out there on his own, and he's really making himself um, into a man, into a great hero. And it was great to read him in uh, the 70s in Batman Family, and I'm still reading him. And number one, man, I, I just wonder, you know, think about, like, back maybe a year or two, I guess when BTO first began, I, I distinctly remember, you know, saying, I, I'm not really sure about Stephanie Brown, and I don't like Damien whatsoever, and... I absolutely love Stephanie Brown as Batgirl, and the next special is going to be really tough for me to say what my top uh, Batgirl is going to be, um, and I absolutely love Damien, and it really, uh, I, you know, just like, I think Joe said that he could really relate to um, Tim, I think that was Joe, or it could have been John, um, I just relate to relate to Damien, I'm not an assassin, but just him fighting his nature is just, I think it's really powerful, and and seeing those two really grow, um, both, you know, together and separately as characters has been um, one wild ride, and I'm emotionally heart-wrenched right now, and I'm hoping that he comes back, but, man, he was a dark knight for sure, just coming out of the race at number one for me.
2: Okay, number six, uh, Damien, although... Like I said earlier, I think I should give him more of a chance uh, because I thought it was kind of a twerp, and and coming in here, I really was like, do I have to talk about Damien? But, uh, but yeah, so he's still at the bottom of the list, despite, despite what I had said earlier when we were talking about Damien. Uh, number five, Stephanie, mainly because she just didn't have a lot of time in the Robert mm-hmm. co- Robin costume, and, and I really like her as the spoiler, and I like her as Batgirl, and like I said, I like the character, uh, but you know, I can see why people don't consider her Robin, even though I think she would earn the title. Uh, number four, Jason. Uh, I think in the context of the greater Dick to Tim story, his character and subsequent death, uh, they're very important. Um, they, this He adds kind of a fallibility to Batman in a sense because, uh, you know, this was one of Batman's greatest, um, I don't want to say mistakes, tragedies. Uh, what have you. Failures. That was the word I was looking for. And and eventually we were proving that Batman needs uh, Robin and I think his story strengthens the other Robin stories in, in, from that era.
3: Hmm.
2: Number three, uh, Carrie. Because I like how she demonstrates how Batman inspires people in a positive way. Um, I like her in that story. I think she's a great character. Uh, I think that at the time, she was a much different take on the character too, and I like that about her as well. But number two uh, is Dick Grayson, uh, mainly because I tend to prefer him as Nightwing. Uh, I think he's he's he set the standard. I think he said it well, but his best time as Robin when we, was when he was on his way to leaving the costume, and and I and I loved him more as Nightwing than I have as Robin, and he that's why he is behind Tim. Uh, who is my number one Robin, because, like I said earlier, uh, I feel like he was a fully realized character. Part of it has to do with for, with nostalgia for me. I was 13 years old when I started reading comics. Tim became Robin, and he was around my age, so that kind of factors into it. But uh, but I liked it that he he could be his own character, and not his own as Robin, and, and Batman could have Batman adventures, and, and it was... Uh, and I think it was a great fit, and, and you know you have to love a Robin who can hold his own for almost twenty years in a, in a solo series.
1: At six, Stephanie far too short. Five, Jason Todd very annoying. Four, Carrie Kelly is okay but not great. Major issue. Three, Dick Grayson, meth. <laughs> Two, Damian. I love his. I love the character. Number one, Tim Drake, the Robin that I relate to and always will, and absolutely love.
6: Okay, uh, six for me is Carrie, just because, I as much as the story's important. I don't really include or count her as a, a Robin. Uh, five is Steph for me. I I just think she's fun, but probably the least um, does the least for the Robin legacy. Four for me is Dick, just because as important as he is as a character. Um, like we were saying earlier, I, I feel that he does all of his growth after he he loses the pixie boots. And this is a, a look on the Robins, so I, I'm not really taking that into account as much. So that means three is Jason because uh, I, I think that he was uh, more effective as Robin and a more intriguing character to read as Robin and... Again, I, I whilst I don't particularly like his later storylines when he becomes a red hood, uh, I'm not looking at that. Two is obviously just gonna be Tim. Um I, I you know, he's he's a great Robin and he plays off of Batman so well, he's probably the most like Batman. I love the relationship that they have, but one has to be Damien just because of everything I was saying. I think he's just an amazing character and um for the story's sake, uh, I hope that he doesn't come back straight away, and I think that would leave it with more effect, as sad as it is, but, you know, I kind of see him as Morrison's character, and as I know that Morrison is open to people uh, writing he, the characters that he creates, but I hope that they let it be for at least a few years for it to really sink in and, and to mean something if they do bring him back, and I hope it's not just going to be the same as... Same as uh, Jason and even Steph.
7: Uh, six Stephanie Brown, five Carrie Kelly. To be honest with you, they're they're interchangeable for me. They both had such short time in there that I could have flip-flopped those either way. I'm I'm not strongly opposed to either of them. They just didn't have much time in the character. Number four is Dick Grayson. For the same thing for me, outside of Dark Victory, I don't really read the the, the Golden and Silver Age stuff seriously or as part of continuity. I just don't have a lot of tie to the character as Robin. Uh, Number three is Damian Wayne. I felt like he worked a lot better with Dick. didn't like him so much with Bruce. Uh, Number two is Tim Drake, who I I, I like a lot as a character. Uh, He's a lot of fun. I love the mental aspect. I love his detective skills. He's just not at the top of the list for me. And number one for me is Jason Todd. I think he's the most interesting Robin. Really? Yeah, I don't think he's a a traditional Robin. Uh, I think he's interesting. Uh, I think you don't know what he's going to do next. I think that one of the scenes in in, uh, in one of the Batman issues where, where where Barbara comes out of retirement to spend some time with Jason and goes back to Bruce and just says, "Hey, he's not one of us. He's not like the rest of us." And I think his uniqueness makes him my favorite.
5: Oh, well, that was that was a that was a slightly surprise. Okay, and for me, um, my least favorite Robin is Stephanie Brown, and that's basically due to her. Uh, Short, tender in the role. I enjoy her. I, I enjoy all the Robins, but uh, Stephanie was the shortest. And uh, you can read her adventures as spoiler, or back or as Robin. They're not really, they're kind of interchangeable. <coughs> and um, it's Bill Willingham's Win- uh, Robin. Uh, well, you, oh, you don't think so? Okay, well, we'll argue about that later. <laughs> uh, but that she's number six. Number five is Damien, as I dodge the bottles. Um, I enjoy the character. I do. I have nothing against Damien whatsoever. It just comes down to the other characters who I I might uh, enjoy more, but I've never had any dislike for Damien. I love his costume. I love uh, Peter Tomasi's Batman Robin run. I like I like his teamwork with uh, Dick Grayson, and I like the character. It's just that uh, he's not been around as long enough as the other characters to give enough goodwill for me. Number four is Jason Todd. I've liked Jason Todd a lot the past few months in reading his old issues. I think he's a very interesting character. I think he's more interesting as Robin than he is at Re- as Red Hood mainly, and um, I wish I honestly wish he were alive a little longer in post-Crisis to uh, have more stories. But I do like him a lot. In uh, my top three, number three is Carrie Kelly, and she's actually uh, close with Jason Todd. Um, I think Kelly's just cool. Ke- Kelly, I think Carrie's just really cool. I do. Uh, it, it might be kind of a robbery between her and Jason, but uh, I think she's cool. I think she's fun, and uh, she's one of my favorite Robins to be honest. Number two is Dick Grayson. I love Dick Grayson. <laughs> um, I, I, I've seen so many stories with him as Robin, both in the comics and in the media, that to me, Dick is the iconic Robin. Uh, to a lot of people, Dick is the iconic Robin. And I think as Robin, w- for good or ill, I think he works really well in the character. Mm-hmm. And number one, uh, rather predictably, is Tim Drake for a lot of other reasons. Tim Drake is the most believable Robin. He's a great character own rights, despite what's happened to him recently. He has an, an excellent series, He's a very uh, uh, fun character. He's a very serious character. Uh, and he's just a wonderful character in his own right, as opposed to being a, in addition to being a wonderful Robin.
4: So with that, all of the, the rankings, there you have it, our very first special for Ranked the Batman. Um, if you did not catch uh, throughout the episode, we kind of hinted at this is actually going to be an ongoing series. Um, our next one that we are actually going to do is uh, we're going to be ranking the Batgirls. Mm -hmm. Um, and we we don't have a specific set time as far as when that will be coming out, but we have uh, multiple different episodes for this series planned um, leading in sometime into the future. So just be sure to be continuing to check out the Batman Universe specials um, for not only, obviously, Rank the Batman, but all of our other specials that we have released. And be sure to check out Tom's uh, The Batman Universe Taking Flight over on the website as he delves into everything related to Robin. Um, And he actually follows the history of the Robins from the beginning, Um, and right now he's right into Tim Drake's early career, so you can check that out as we speak. In addition to that, you can check out all of our other podcasts that we have to offer, including the Batman Universe podcast, (laughs) <laughs> including the Batman Universe podcast, the Batman Universe comic podcast, Back to Oracle, and our commentaries and interview feeds as well. Um, in addition to that, you can email us at podcast at with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman Universe. And of course, you can head over to the website. To find all the latest news and editorials from our staff, as well as the entire Batman universe relating to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and of obviously, our and of course the comics. You can also, for this specific episode, head over to the website and rank the Robins yourself underneath the actual podcast post. We'd like to hear from you guys as far as what you how you would rank the Robins, and we will possibly bring that up on a future normal cast or a future comic cast. Um, depending on the actual comments that you have. So be sure to rank your Robins and let us know what you think, where you think the Robins should actually be. So that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin.
2: Uh, This is uh, Tom Panneries. This is
3: Donovan. Uh, This is Stella. Donovan's better half.
6: This is Joe, Donovan's best half.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is John, Donovan's worst side. (laughs)
5: And nobody else
1: Did we lose him?
7: I'm here, I'm here, sorry And this is Ed, sorry
4: And you've been listening to the Batman Universe specials so We'll see you guys next time
5: I have a case of multi- multiple personality disorder apparently You betcha
7: I had the mute button on, I was just babbling on and on I'm like, why won't they listen to me?
5: <laughs> Donovan's <laughs> missing half yeah.
4: uh, Let me introduce who is here So with me today is
5: This is Donovan oh, I
3: wonder, I This is Stella
1: This is friends. it. This is a great start to the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting for Joe, and then That's right. All right, here's oh, what we're gonna
4: it's do. Going Don, Stella, Joe, John, Ed, and then I will introduce Tom.
5: Good.
4: All right, let's try this again.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you missed out a, you missed out a pretty crucial element of that story, in where uh, the Joker orchestrates the whole thing. Yeah. yeah
5: that, that's what we ended up <laughs>
0: <Right. laughs> colorblind every time I
7: see
5: you. to a mask
7: yeah um
5: whoa. but she whoa. was
7: you whoa what's, taking us oh, outside
1: you know. um <laughs> <clearly> we are
7: <laughs> someone really disagrees with me <laughs> with taking us outside alright um plus she starts wearing dressing as a cat and wearing roller skates. Oh what, what are you talking about what are you talking
5: about so when did you, know, like,
2: <laughs> <or> you do that FYI what I, I I loaned my, co- my copy to a friend a while ago. I still haven't gotten back.
7: I loaned my copy to a brush fire.
5: As everyone knows, there's no...
2: It's wrong to destroy literature.
5: That's
4: not literature. <laughs> consider that if Josh Bertone was here, you might say it was toilet paper.
7: <sighs> Too rough. Too bad. It's
5: about the glossy
4: stuff, remember? Yeah. You shouldn't, okay, hold on a second. Oh, we should not talk
5: about that?
4: No, you can talk about it. Don't date the podcast by saying that this, is, this happened this week, because then if this doesn't release for two, three weeks, it looks like...
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so just say,
4: this, this is your memorial episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, we now know that Damien is dead, and that's all you have to say.
6: You don't have to say this week.
3: Okay, you fine. already dated it. He said 2013
6: at one point. It's not as bad as a week. So. Wait, Damien's dead? Oh, my God.
5: <laughs> <laughs> he was dead to me. He's reaching for those. Oh, wait, that's
2: a different expression.
5: Okay. Okay, all right, all right. Let me do it again.
2: Uh, do you want me to plug... Uh... We'll, we'll plug it for you. Okay, for cool. You.
5: All right. Okay. All right, Have take a good care. one. Thank you. I'm still going to plug it. <laughs> Bye. Really made a good impact on uh, his time here. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who's vibrating either. But, uh, it's me.
4: Okay. It's my wife. Because okay. I told her I was going to be done at 4.30 and she was supposed to be going somewhere.
5: Oops. Well, without further ado, let's let's give our ratings.
4: His uh, character really added something that had never really been explored. Here it comes. I told you. <laughs> here it comes.
3: Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Mom said.
5: <laughs> oh gosh. News coming. I'm so sorry. Yeah.
4: Yes. What's up? <laughs> Can you sit here and be quiet? Hey. Okay.
0: <laughs>
4: Just sit here, okay?
0: Hey. <laughs> hmm.